What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Football Friday. How you doing? You see, as you notice on our show, Fridays and Mondays. Football Monday, Football Friday. I don't like to have a lot of guests. Tone will be on at his normal segment, 3.30. The segment. The legendary Philly Godfather, 5.30. And on Mondays, G-Cobb, 4.30, Tone and Big Sills. And you. So this day is actually for you. See how giving I am. See what a giver I am to football fans. See that? See what a giver I can be. Yeah, JM, I love Kurt Schilling. Now, here, not his politics, no political angle. I love Kurt Schilling as a guest because he's not afraid to say what's on his mind. I'm a big Kurt Schilling fan. Hey, baby, did you, yeah, absolutely, senor, did you see that dude, Josh Allen, last night? 350 yards, 40 some odd rushing. What a. Dud, 106 QBR. Well, here, here comes Tone with the good news. Oh, wait. He did ball last night. That, that dude was insane. However, got nicked up a little bit. One of those Jalen Hurts injuries. He's hurt, but he doesn't want to tell anybody he's hurt, but he tells people he's hurt, and you're not sure what's going on, which I actually kind of like in a way. Because the more confused you are, the better off. Because I started thinking this about the Hurts injury, or maybe not injury, or something. The more we're confused and in a state of limbo, maybe that's the best. Right? How about that, Josh? Yeah, man, that guy is us. They got to figure out, though, how to stay consistent. We'll talk about that game. We'll definitely talk about it. We're going to also go in to my prediction for the Commander game. But... 
hey, I can, I'm going to call this week in the NFL decision-making week. And I mean by this, we got a ton of names. We got a ton of names when it comes to potential updated list. And this list is going to continue to be updated as we get closer to next Tuesday, 4 o'clock trading deadline for the NFL. So there's more names that are now popping up on it. And I think you have decision time. I think Washington's one of those teams. I think New England is one of those teams. Isn't that crazy? Bill Belichick may be selling as he gets closer to the trading deadline, which means the greatest coach in NFL history may be lining his team up and his franchise up to tank games the rest of the way out. Who would have thought Belichick would be in a position as a coach to not to actually want to win games, but to try to get better draft positioning for next April's draft? <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay? Unbelievable. JM goes, New England isn't selling. Well, then they'll remain in that revolving toilet bowl that never flushes. You see, JM, you've got to figure it out. How he pulled, he he pulled the toilet lever after that four-loss season. He wasn't just going to hang around. Boom, we're out of this. We're flushing this thing all out. I don't think you can go halfway when you're talking about, you. there's nothing to rebuild in New England. Like, you're not close. So you're going to remain in that revolving shit box for what? To come back next year and be a 8-9 team, a 7-10 and 10 team? What's the point? What's the point? Have all the number one defenses you want in the country, in the NFL, college football. In today's NFL, having the number one defense in the NFL doesn't really matter. You've got to have the number one offense in the NFL. Or how about this? I'd rather have a top 10 offense than the number one defense in the NFL. Can't score points, you can't win. And all I need to do is get 10 points on your team. That's like saying the Jets. Look at the Jets. I mean, you're not winning the Super Bowl with that team. And you got a great defense or great defensive personnel. Today's NFL is different. Okay, it's just different. You're not going to see these Baltimore Raven defenses any longer. Just not. One, you can't afford them. You got to respect that about how he's not afraid to hit the eject button with how there's there are no bad deals. And this is why he's he's a guy that's good. The only problem that he has is with his own personal draft picks. He gets a little bit, he gives it a little bit more latitude because what he does is he respects his, his talent evaluators and his scouts in his building. That's why he that's why he doesn't really pull the ripcord on some guys and they hang around maybe for a year or two too long. Like, Derek Barnett has not been a good player. Wait a minute. Derek Barnett has been an average to below player. 
That's not a first-round guy. And yet he remains on the team. And the only reason he remained on the team is because he took backup money. Think about what he did to remain with the Eagles. He be, he compromised himself and said, okay, I'm a backup. He's no longer going to start for a starting position in the NFL, or at least on the Eagles. Right? He accepted his role. Dude, I can't pay you money for a guy who potentially could be a starter. You're not going to start here. Because if Derek Barnett starts on your team, you're in trouble at that position. He's not an NFL starter. Okay? And, and Maniac, that's a great point, too. His value, look at Andre Dillard's value. Now, Andre Dillard got a great deal with Tennessee. Lost his job two days ago. His value has now plummeted. It's plummeted. I wouldn't be down if somehow they get try to get out from under that deal, give him a buyout or something, and let him go. And his value's gone. But when you're with the Eagles, look, look, look at Milton Williams. Milton Williams has got enormous value. But Milton Williams goes to the Arizona Cardinals, and he doesn't play well. It it plummets. There's value. I don't get this. I don't think there's value. You know, I never thought about this, but I ne I don't think there's more value in Dallas for players than in Philly. I'd rather be an Eagle. As a player, I'd rather be an Eagle than a Cowboy. Some would go, Sills, but you're always on. Being on TV doesn't pay my bills or keep me in the Philly keeps me in the league. Dallas keeps me on the headlines. And if I'm the, look at Mozzie Smith, look at his value. You know, I would make this point to you. Sills, would you rather have Mozzie Smith or Milton Williams? Give me Milton Williams all night. Milton, Milton Williams, I think has more value. You can't hey, – I'm just saying, man, that guy is not good. He is not good. He's going to get paid. You're damn right, Chris. I'll say this to you also. Again, Howie Roseman and how he – this is like Howie time here from like this previous Monday to next Tuesday. He is on the horn with everyone. I have to I have to say this talking with my friends in Dallas Dallas realizes now that they have to do everything they can to get Derrick Henry and they're making a they're making a on a scale of 1 to 10 a 7 push for Derrick Henry The Titans want a 2 and a three. The Cowboys don't want to do that. They want to give a three and a five. And they want Tennessee to pick up the majority and restructure that cap hit. That's not going to get it done, a three and a five, when you're asking Tennessee to do a lot of the financial burden. Okay? That's not going to cut it. For me... For, for Derrick Henry to either be a Niner, a Raven, a Bill, 
an eagle. I think you're going to have to give a two and a four. And you're going to have to, the only reason you're giving the two is so that Tennessee will feel good about themselves taking on the money. You know, I, I, I see some people going like this. Sills, give them Gainwell and Penn. Penny has no value. Rashad Penny has no value. And anybody that thinks that they're keeping him and saving him when your running backs are pathetic in pass protection and you have no red zone offense and you're saving him for a rainy day, that's insane thinking. That guy can't play and didn't play in Seattle for one, two factors. He's terrible at pass protection and he can't stay healthy. What's this? Did anywhere, did you hear me say he's not good? I never said that he's not good. But those two things that I mentioned have destroyed his NFL career. Ed Reed, Dawkins, or Lott. Ed Reed, man, he's the greatest safety of all time. Look it up. Multiple Super Bowls, multiple Defensive Player of the Year awards. He's a 10-time All-Pro, All-Decade, 75th. Come on, man. He's the greatest safety of all time. There's not a, there's not a guy closer. And in today's NFL that throws the ball more. Ronnie Lott didn't have to play against guys throwing the ball on a weekly basis 50 times. And Ed knocks people out. Not that Lott didn't. Um, How about the story? Mike Selke wrote for the Inquirer today, was in the front page of the sports section. Jalen Hurts' injury is not something to take lightly. And how, how about this? Even now the Inquirer is starting to pick it up. Eagles expecting him to play Sunday. Jesus, criminy, man. We're now picking up more and more of this story. That it's now, we're now reporters are now saying, okay. Again, I can't, I can't make, I can't, I can't make anything out of this. I don't, I don't really know what to think about this. Like, again, if you're not on the injury report, I'm not offering up anything on anybody. And I know we've gone over this, and I'm not going to hammer the point again because we've already said this. But if I don't have to give you personal intel on player health, why would I? Why? So now all of a sudden, the Washington Commanders could target his knee? Or how about this? How about on that, how, how about on that brotherly shove? Great opportunity to take a shot at that knee. That's a great, hey, when you're in goal line like that, everything goes. It's like a fumble. You know, the two plays that you get hurt the most are fumbles and goal line scrimmages. When you're on goal line defense or goal line offense, that's where guys get hurt more in those scrums like that. You're going full board. You're not, you're just trying to get leverage on people. I mean, the fumble, you have everybody dives on the because you get about 11 hats. Fumbles are dangerous. Okay. And, and get this 
Purdy got hurt in the pocket. Well, we don't actually know when Jalen got hurt. And he went so much to say that he's not been hurt out of the pocket, which is not really true because the Chicago game, he was out of the pocket when he got dumped. Okay, so it's almost like he's covering for saying that he got hurt when he was running. Anyway, again, Mike Selke's now writing about it. If you're not concerned about it, there's you've got a problem. And that and I agree with Mike. I agree with Mike. Mike's now reporting on it. That this could be something. I think it's going to be interesting to see. Also, Jordan Davis. I don't know, Tone, what we're going to get. Probably game day situation where we're going to find out if he's going to play on Sunday. Hamstring injury. He left practice. So... I don't know what that means. Could that affect the game against the Commanders? Yeah. The Commanders outrushed you last game. Now, here, I'm, I'm about to give you my, my take on Commanders and Eagles this Sunday. Okay, but I'm just saying, this is going to be an interesting ball game here. It's going to be interesting to see the progress He's looking like a game-time decision. Well, he, he got Fletcher. I mean, Jesus, you can't have – Fletcher or Milton's good. I'm good. I mean, it just hurts your rotation. It just hurts the rotation here. All right. Let me get into the game here. Six and one Eagles versus the three and four Commanders. Division game, always a tough game. Last five head-to-head competitions that they've had against one another. Edmonds had no value, but got traded. Great. Okay. Um, so Edmonds was actually playing, though. Rashad Penny's played a few plays this year. So you think somebody off your practice squad or off your roster that hasn't played has value? I'm not giving you anything for Rashad Penny. Maybe part of a trade? <laughs> why, would, why would Tennessee want a guy who can't stay healthy? Are you under the impression that Rashad Penny's a healthy player? He averages 80 carries a year. Do you understand that? 80 carries a year. That's not good enough. What, va what value would you give a guy? Hey, six yards a carry, 80 carries a year. What value is that? What would you trade for that? What would you trade for that? Like 80, 90 carries a year. And six yards a carry. What would you trade for that? A sixth? One cent maniac. I trade him a cannoli. A fifth? A fifth for a guy who can't stay healthy. <laughs> Have at it. All right, here we go. How about this number? Last five head-to-heads between the Commanders and the Eagles. Eagles have put up 148 points. The Washington Commanders, 125. Birds enter this contest 
ninth in passing, 246 6. 143, fourth in rushing, and 26 6, which is fourth in scoring. Damn good numbers. Damn good numbers. Defense, passing yards against, and Tone said this yesterday and pointed this out. They went from 27th to 18th. They're improving. I trade penny for a penny. (laughs) So they've improved that almost 10 full places in defense since they last played the commanders. It's improvement. Rush defense, number one in the league, 62.9. Phenomenal. 62.9, you're holding teams to? That's spectacular. Points allowed, 20 points. I'm good with this too, man. Today's NFL? Today's NFL, man. I mean, every NFL team should be able to, even the shitty ones, score 20 points a game. Unless you're the Giants. Oh, Daniel Jones is hurt? Jesus criminy. That's 14th, by the way. Jalen Hurts happens to be 7th in passing yards. And I the, the stat that I love the most about Hurts is that 67-2. I never thought he'd be up there like that in his career. That's the biggest improvement that he has had since he left Oklahoma. Has been that 67-2. I could live with that, build my team around that, and I have no trouble handing the football to a guy who completes seven out of every ten passes. I have no problem with that. You, you again. I mean, it's that's and get this today's NFL. You see a ton of guys at 68, 67. You can't play in today's NFL if you are not accurate. That's 67-2 has to be the biggest improvement in his career. You know, not much of a touch passer, but I'll tell you what, he's becoming more of an accurate passer. And then again, I think because of the amount of uh, routes they run and type of routes they run, there's not a lot of touch. There's nothing finesse to the passing game in Philly. I mean, it's there's not, there's no jet sweeps. There's no counter trays. You know, those those routes are basic. But because they're so talented, again, it's not a rip. It's less confusing, actually. I'd rather have the offense in Philly than John Gruden's offense. I don't want to complicate. Most of the time, the people you complicate are your own players. Your own players How many times you watch John Gruden games or John Gruden teams and they lead every single year in penalties and pre-snap penalties because guys jumping off sides, guys, illegal procedure, illegal formations. You see all those pre-snap penalties in a John Gruden offense and you're just like this. Hey, man, what's the point of having all these exotic schemes and routes when you're confusing your team? Right? So, really, I mean, the defense is clearly improving. Here's the commanders now. Commanders enter the game 211-7. It's 19th in passing. 
Rushing yards, 86-1, 26th. Jesus. And points scored, 20. That's 17th. And here's the shocking part. You know you've got a suspect O-line in Washington with the commanders, right? You know you have a suspect line. Look at what they have done or not done and underperformed on defense. Passing yards against, 248-4, 28th. You're paying all those guys and you drafted all those guys in the first round and you can't get home? Rushing rushing defense, you're giving up 125-7, 22nd. Points allowed, you're giving up 27-1. You're 29th in points allowed, which means you're giving up points in the red zone also. Here's, here, here's a funny stat, though. Sam Howe is eighth in passing yards. What do I see happening in this game? I see Hurts throwing for 300 yards. And I see the Eagles winning this game 30-18. Here's why. From the day that they played in that first one in Philly at the link, they got better. The commanders haven't gotten better. They've just been treading water. I think it's 30-18. Anything less would be an underperforming game by Philly. You don't you you come away with a four-point win against them. You still, I mean, I would question what happened in the game. You, 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 you're gonna have turnovers. I can't believe that they're gonna go into a game with a team that has been performing and trending where they can't stop anybody or they can't score against anybody. Okay. I I just don't see it. Where? The Eagles have gotten better since game one. And some are going to go, well, Sills, it's the Seriously, you destroyed the Giants. But you know, Dan, it's, I do know, you need to put an ass beating on this team like you did the Dolphins. Yeah, but they see us. With what? How does Washington hang with you when they can't hang with anybody else? Oh, but we see... I don't give a shit who it is. Knock these guys out finally. End Ron Rivera's career in Washington. End it. Kill it. Let them hang around. Run the ball at them as much as you possibly can. And hey, to me, I wouldn't mind Jalen Hurts throwing the ball 30 times in this game, 35 times in this game. 35 attempts passing, 35 attempts rushing. You should destroy this team. Washington does have the better coaches. Washington has the lesser Jimmys and Joes. Senor still thinks that you have a good coaching staff. Decides coming along. He's coming along. Brian Johnson, wobbling. Your head coach has no say in your team. I don't give a crap what you think. All he does is apologize. He's a cheerleader in my book.
Okay. Players like him. Great. He keeps it calm and everything. Wonderful. Whatever. I don't care. I never. I would never vote that guy coach of the year. And I have a vote. For, I would never vote for him for coach of the year. He doesn't do anything. And the job descriptions that he has, he's not very good at them. There's great talent on that team. There is. Never vote for that guy. Um, 30-18. 30-18. And by the way, winning the Coach of the Year award in the NFL, I don't know if that's a really big honor. Half the time, most of those guys get blown out three years later. Look at Brian Dable. Shit, really? They're calling for his head in New York. He just won that award a year ago. Matt Nagy won that thing a couple years ago. They fired his ass. Okay? They fired his ass. Crazy. Yeah, look at Brian Dable. How's he looking? Look at the shitty players he's got on his team. Okay? Anyway. He makes the... Brand says he makes the calls. No, Brand. They took play calling away when he was two and five. Are you dumb? He doesn't play call. Through 13 seasons, Ron Rivera has eight losing years, three winning seasons, one 500. Is two th- I don't say this to overvalue Nick, but I do question if you are overvaluing Ron Rivera. Well, here, I'll make this point to you about Mike Tomlin. Look at Mike Tomlin's last 10 years, and you tell me how Mike Tomlin's done in the postseason. He's missed it four times. He's six and ten, I think, the number over the last 10 years. Are we overvaluing Mike Tomlin because they won a Super Bowl early in his coaching career? I mean, he's never had a losing season. So I thought this was about winning Super Bowls. Mike Tomlin in the last 10 years has a losing record in the postseason, and almost half the time he hasn't made the postseason. And I love Mike. He's my favorite NFL coach. Him and Vrabel. I love those two guys. Okay? No, I... I, Overvaluing Ron? So let me get this right. Ron Rivera had to be a head coach in that whole scenario with Daniel Snyder. And he was also the head coach down in Carolina with a guy who had his team taken away from him as well. And that whole gigantic shit box that they had there when the owner had the team taken away. Ron won in spite of two of the worst owners in the history of the NFL. Okay? Look at the two places that he worked at. What was the guy's name that was the owner that had his team uh, taken away? Played for the Colts. And he just worked with Daniel Snyder. Talk about organizational dysfunction. Both places were organization dysfunctional places. And yet Ron still put teams together that were competitive and actually put a team in a Super Bowl. 
I mean, you got to you want to put context in context. I mean, Jerry Richardson, the owner of Carolina, had his football team taken away because of organizational dysfunction so bad that the league took it away from him and made him sell it to David Tepper. Okay? You know what I say to that? Pick better situations. What, but you, pick better situations. Sometimes you think Eric Bieniemy picked a better situation, or do you think Eric Bieniemy had to pick a situation because it was the only choice? Because no one else would hire him. You think Eric Bieniemy wanted to go to Washington, or do you think Eric Bieniemy had to go to Washington because no one else would hire him? <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Pick better situations. Yeah. That's why sometimes, hey, I'll tell you what, though, Tone, sometimes staying with Philly, staying with San Francisco, staying in good organizations like Pittsburgh, sometimes the smarter thing to do. I mean, Eric Bieniemy, you, you, know, you know what they look at with Eric Bieniemy? Shit that he did 25, 30 years ago. And they looked at him as Andy Reid's puppet. And the offense hasn't really gotten any better. Under his direction. He has lost value. Eric Bieniemy will never become a head football coach in the National Football League. Unless it's given to him. He's done nothing in Washington to make you think that he deserves to be a head coach. Okay, unless you want to right or wrong, I'm not adverse to that. He should have got a job five, six years ago. Then I turn around and go, how did D'Amico Ryans get a job? Did he not get the job because he's black? Other black coaches are getting opportunities. Not at the rate I want to see. But what has Eric Bieniemy done to deserve an opportunity to be a candidate coming up in the NFL? He went to Washington. You mean to tell me he should have just stayed in Kansas City? Like Tone said. Actually, Tone's only busting my stones. But right, Tone? He should have stayed in Kansas City until a better opportunity came up. He, Tone's right there. Washington? Washington? Now what you've done is you set yourself back further because then every stupid-ass white owner goes, see? Four winning seasons in 12 years as a head coach. What exactly has he really won? The same thing as your guys, Stu. Won an NFC title. What has your guy won? What exactly has Nick Sirianni won? A participation medal and a silver medal. Like I said to you the other day, Doug Peterson's record at 57 and 55, I'll take Doug all night long over Nick. It's not close. Because Nick has the most important thing after his name. World champion. I mean, Nick Sirianni has a better win percentage than what 
Doug Peterson has. And yet some of you would take the win percentage over the guy who won the Super Bowl. And if you had him, like I've said, and I'm not going to continue the narrative of going down that lane again, but if you had him in January or February, you'd have won the Super Bowl. Shit, maybe if you had an even more competent coaches, coaching staff, guys that weren't giving a shit about getting new gigs. Look at LJ, 4-12. Four, four That's because your GM sabotaged him. All right. So, I think 30-18. Okay? Brandon doesn't think you win the Super Bowl if Peterson's your head coach in February. Not really much a debate on that, is it? <laughs> hey, hey, Steve goes, Nick Sirianni will win a Super Bowl this year. Market down, Sills. Had to... Had a, had, had a great roster last year. Couldn't get it done against a lesser team. That guy's not winning a Super Bowl. He's not. Not with that coaching staff. If he had a better coaching staff, better coordinators. Well, again, I keep doing that. Desai, I'm liking what he's doing. But if you had a better offensive coordinator, you, you probably, okay, probably. You got to have a great coaching staff around him. Doug Peterson had a great coaching staff. Andy Reid always has had a great coaching staff, plus he's a head coaching play caller. Do you realize that almost every head coach play caller has either won a conference title or a Super Bowl? Look at McVay. Look at McVay, how good he is. Kyle Shanahan won a conference title, play calling head coach. Very seldom do you see guys that are cheerleaders that make it to the Super Bowl. Jason says, do you believe nowadays coaches are very different in a lot of ways? Nick is a player, owner's coach, and it works not only for him, but teams, but the team. I, I would say this to you, Jason. Um, today's NFL guy no matter what you are and who you are, it's about the roster and it's about your assistant coaches. J Jimmy will always, Jimmy Johnson will always tell you, you don't have the best assistant coaches. There's no chance in hell that you're going to win a Super Bowl. There's a reason that he brought the entire coaching staff from the University of Miami to Dallas. Do you realize that that coaching staff was with him for five years at Miami? They won a national title. Then that same coaching staff turned around and won three Super Bowls within a five-year period. Same coaching staff. And those were all the same guys. All right. We're going to look here in a little bit here at week eight of the NFL. But I want to throw these names out at you. And I said this week here is going to be Decision-making week. Okay? And, 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 and I'll say this to you about decision. Do you know why more guys are like 
and what organizations want like Nick Sirianni as a coach. You know why they want guys like that? Because front offices now today have more control of the rosters than ever before. Head football coach, this is why you don't see the Parcells or the Johnsons or the Ditkas or the Buddy Ryans or any of those kind of characters in the NFL any longer because those guys had complete control and complete say of the roster and the direction of the roster. The personnel guys sat behind and, you know, they sat there and their time was in the offseason. Well, today's front offices, they control most of the narrative because you know why? With the analytics that you have them today, that's a way for them to get into the locker room and into the roster and make decisions on game day and who's going to play, who's the actives, who's not active, what kind of scheme you're going to run. There's no question that front offices today are part of the coaching staff. And that rubs people like Doug and old school coaches the wrong way because those guys, you know what they see? They see analytics. Analytics cost Ron Rivera the first game against against the Eagles. Some guy upstairs probably said, hey, we shouldn't go for it. And instead of a coach going, no, we're going for it, he went with what everyone was telling him. And so today's coaches like Sirianni play along with that. That's how you have, and and when you're in an organization like Philly that makes really good moves because the general manager's right, most of the time in all of his, I'll tell you something. I, I think that I think that Howie is stronger in pro personnel than he is in college scouting because he still misses. His pro personnel guys that are in that building have to be the best in the league. Howie Roseman's pro personnel people, I don't know who the director of pro personnel is, but that guy, how many bombs... Wasn't there a guy they brought in from San Francisco last year to play? What was that, Tart or something like that? They brought him in. The guy, um, Robert Quinn. But, dude, I'll take that when you're landing on 98% of guys that you bring in. I want my general manager continuing to bring guys in and roll dudes in until you find a guy that can play. I don't want him to be sitting there like Jerry going, hey, you know, he's waiting for someone to call him. Well, bro, that's the problem. Why you've been waiting for 27 years for somebody to call you. No one's calling you. How he gets on the phone and calls everybody has a value. I bet you this. What is there, 1,800 kids and players that are in the NFL? I'll make this point to you. I bet you he has a valuation on every single guy from the practice squad all the way up to the big team and the one percenters that are on every roster. He is, that front office in Philly is spectacular when it comes to pro personnel. The college scouting is so hard because you never know what you're going to get. Conference has an issue, who you play against. Like, who would draft anybody out of North Dakota State? Are you crazy? Who in their right mind drafts somebody out of North Dakota State when they don't play anyone and no one gets drafted out of those programs? And the people they play against. 
hey, you know what? Once had a couple good years. Okay, but, you know, it wasn't meant to be because nobody plays against them. Sills, that's why we will never have a dynasty anymore in the NFL. The NFL, because coaching staffs have – coaching staffs leave after two to three years. Now they just don't stay for 10, 10 anymore. They don't stay for 10 anymore. I mean, that entire coaching staff that Bill Walsh had, um, Dirty D, that's a great point. Coaching staffs were on a roster and all that for forever, for absolute ever, okay, ever. Wentz was good for, for a period until they figured it out, and once they figured it out, he's unemployed. Nick utilizes plan to standard, actually recognizes where we need help. That's nothing to do with his job title. Howie's the guy that recognizes what you need. Do you actually think, see, this guy Brand thinks that he signed, Nick Sirianni signed Julio Jones. Really? You think that he, that he called up Howie Roseman and said, hey, let's sign a 33 or whatever he is, year old wide receiver. Really? Surely you don't believe that. Do you, how many people think how, um, Nick, Nick wanted Julio Jones? Or did that just parachute in? Oh, wait, let me guess. Nick, being an offensive guy, knew to go out and get Bayard, right? That's a Howie move. There's Nick has no personnel say. He has kind of an input when it comes to what do you think of this guy? Okay, I like it. Hey, we need safety help. Great. Because this is this, here's Nick Sirianni's input. And again, this is most coaches in the league today. Guy like Tom Telesco with the Chargers. You know what they'll do? They'll sit in the team meetings with the coaches. The coaches will look at the personnel, the general manager, and go, hey, we're a little thin at corner. We need some help at safety. Nick doesn't know the names. Nick's going to tell him we need, we're we thin here. How he's going to go to his personnel people, they're going to get on the horn, and they're going to start evaluating off their boards. I've seen it done. They're going to go like this. Tennessee has a guy. Buda Baker costs too much. There's a guy in Denver. And then you start, just like the draft, you start looking at the economic value. It would be on a one-year deal, two-year deal. And you look at age, money, cap, all of that. And you look at what the best financial situation is for your football team two years from now or next year or next March. And that's how he does this. And you see it. Now it's a pattern. There's no question. He likes mercenaries on defense. He likes homegrown on offense. And what he's doing is a really good job. His failures at wide receiver and corner and safety, what does he do? He drafts a young, a couple young pups. Uh, but to cover up some of the things that they can't get right at corner. Hey, cornerback, wide receivers. Bill Belichick, when's the last time he drafted a wide receiver in the first round where you went, wow. That Nikhil Harry was a complete turd. All of Belichick's receivers have been knockoff guys. Amendola, Amendola, Edelman, 
Welker on a deal they made with Miami. Randy Moss, who thought everyone thought his career was over. Guys never drafted wide receivers in New England. That's and that's during the Brady era. And, and, and the two places he cares, there's only really one place he cares on defense. That's the D tackle position in the D line. They make a fundamental. That's nothing to do with Nick. That's an organizational decision that's gone on since Joe Banner. It had nothing to do with how they operate. Nick had nothing to do with that 17 team. And the same makeup of that 17 team is fundamentally seen today. Why is that? Because Roseman runs that roster. He runs it, and it's his game. If you had a coach that had total say, it would look like Chip Kelly. Not the same as Doug's team. This thing looks the same exact like Doug's team. Why? Because how he, this is how he operates. The Chris Longs of the world, the mercenaries on defense, and the homegrown guys on offense. That's how NFL is being run today. These front offices have way more say. Like, here's the problem you got in San Francisco. Can I tell you what the problem in San Francisco is? Kyle Shanahan has a say in the personnel. You can see that. Why? Nobody in their right mind. I would have rather have had Mac Jones than Trey Lance. I might have won. I, I don't know what Kyle could have done with him. Kyle Shanahan is a great play caller. Kyle Shanahan understands putting other position players in great positions to win. But Kyle Shanahan is one thing that John Gruden struggled from. They think they know personnel, and he doesn't. You don't really believe that Kyle Shanahan made that deal for Christian McCaffrey. John Lynch did. John Lynch did. Okay? He wanted to bring the Stanford kid home. John's a Stanford guy. He wanted to bring him home because it's where he played his ball too. And he knew he'd be in a great, this is kind of a little bit what, what um, Jason Cole said. Part of the problem you might have in Cleveland with Deshaun Watson is the fact that Deshaun Watson really doesn't want to play in Cleveland. No matter how much money you're paying him. I never thought of it, but he's probably right. He's miserable. Imagine that you're, you're making 48 million bucks and you're miserable. It can happen. It can happen. It does happen. You get caught in this cesspool. It's not, what, what are you talking about? It's not an excuse. It's a fact. The hell are you talking about? Who would take trade? When they drafted Trey Lance, it's not only when they did that, when they gave up the three ones for him, I'm like, you're out of your mind. I'm not giving three ones up for anybody in college. Not happening. 
You, I'll give you three ones for a dude that's a perennial pro bowler in the NFL. I'm not giving – you know you, you know what's funny? Fans think these first-round draft choices are like golden nuggets. They're not – they're no longer golden nuggets. Why? Because free agency now has turned the table. Back in the day when you put all that money – I think that – what was that kid's name, Tom? Sam Bradford was the last rookie to really get like a $58, $68 million signing bonus when he came out of OU. And the next year they changed the CBA where they gave more money to the veteran guys that were in the league. And that's when they started doing structured contracts for rookies. And they flipped it because everyone started going like this. Why are we giving first round money and all this money to guys who are unproven versus the guys that are in the game that are proven? I'll get a guy like Derrick Henry, second rounder. Are you high? You win a Super Bowl if you put him on the team. But there's an idiot out there that would say, hey, I want to keep my twos. For what? So you could cut a linebacker like you did this year that was a third-round pick? Or Andre Dillard? How about going to get a guy that you know works? That's where Roseman is great. These, these, these draft choices aren't the same value. Look at how these teams move off of these first-round picks now at quarterback. Shit, Chicago's going to move off of Justin Fields. Okay? Right? Look at see. Look, look at Hollywood, Nandi Asamoah. Who ran the team then, dude? Was that Andy Reid? Was that, was that Andy getting a little more say in the team? Yeah, you know what? For every Nandi Asamoah, I'll turn around and give you a James Bradbury or I'll give you a Darius Slay that Howie has come up with and put on the football team. Okay, Nandi Asamoah, Bradbury, Slay. You, you don't mind a guy striking out in free agency. You mind a guy not trying and you mind a guy who's got a poor batting average. Howie doesn't have a poor batting average. I mean, look at the Kaiser White deal. So that's why I'm, hey, we have a new list here. And I think he's going to look at one of these guys as we get next to ne next to Tuesday at 4 p.m., the trading deadline. Thank you, David. Asante Samuel, thank you, LAC. Here we go. These are now th this list is probably going to be updated Monday because of what happened on Sunday. Okay. I brought this guy's name up, and now he's moving to the top of the list of many lists when it comes to potential trades. The Bears corner. Jalen Johnson is at the top of the list because of his youth, because of his athleticism, and the Bears have made him available. Derrick Henry, they're taking phone calls. Dallas is expressing a ton of interest. What is the one thing that the Dallas Cowboys right now lack when it is in comparison to the 49ers and Eagles? What do you guys think? 
that the Cowboys lack. When you look at the two heavyweights in the in the NFC, what what do you what do you think they lack? <laughs> Don't say dignity. It's funny. <coughs> you got me good one on that tone. <laughs> dignity. Funny. Toughness. The Dallas Cowboys are a finesse team. Tony Pollard. Masils, he's a good back. I know. I know. I would never look at DeAndre Swift and go, that's a power. That guy puts fear in me when it comes to running in the red zone. That guy's never been a red zone back his entire NFL career, albeit brief. If Dallas wants to be a tough team again, you get a tough guy. Have you seen Derrick Henry standing at the podium too? Holy shit. I mean, I I mean, I thought Micah Parsons was built like that, but he's not. Micah Parsons is built kind of like Jalen Rager. Okay, I kid. <laughs> uh, Dallas all of a sudden becomes a physical football team with Henry running the ball. And then you have Henry and Pollard. That helps Dak. I could see him land, and he's out of the AFC. And by the way, I have a total problem with Micah Parsons throwing rainbows and butterflies at the Eagles, your your division foe and the guy you're trying to take down. If I'm going to fight somebody, I'm not going to throw love love kisses and Valentine's boxes and sending them to all the players at the locker so that they can pick out their favorite candy on Valentine's Day. Jesus Christ, what do you want to date? Michael Parsons looks like a worm doing that. Show some dignity. That's maybe what Tone's talking about. Well, they're really great. They have no hope. Shut up, dude. You look over at that guy and you go like this. Hey, man, why don't you go over there and kiss him? What are you, what are you looking for a date? I don't give a shit if he's from Philly. That's your enemy. No fraternizing. That'd be a rule on my team. I'm not having any of that jersey switching shit. Um, praying on the field. and I'm not having any of that. That ain't happening. <laughs> I'm not having any of that. You want to do that stuff? You go on your own time and do that somewhere else. You're not doing that here. That Pat Riley rule. No fraternizing. I don't give a shit what it is. You ain't going over there throwing love. If you want to shake his hand after the game, that's a you thing. You go right ahead. I'm not. I'm not. No fraternizing. Hey, can I have your jersey? After a team beats the shit out of you, you're going to change jerseys? Uh, it's crazy. <laughs> okay. Number three, I think this is a Chase Young game on Sunday. Could you see the Washington Commanders trading him? Chase Young, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. Where would you trade that guy? 
Kansas City? Wait, let me think. Be enemy. Kansas City. You'd want to get him out of the NFC. You'd want to get him out of the NFC. So your first look is going to be AFC teams. Buffalo, because of Von Miller's injury. Washington's not going to be looking to get or to make uh, the 49ers better. Not sending him to the Eagles. How about the Bills? Chase Young to the Bills. Here's someone to look at if you're the Eagles. Dante Jackson, Carolina. Corner. And and, and by the way, I, I think Chase has looked pretty decent. He gave everything. Uh, Jordan Melodic. Jordan Melodic's hands were full that day. I like this kid, Dante Jackson. Cortland Sutton. I don't think the Eagles are in the market for a wide out. How about this guy? Heard this this morning. Julian Blackman. Safety, Indianapolis. Shane Steichen? Howie? Nick? Guys all in that together? Colts? Drew, Drew goes who? You do you know why, Drew? You say who? That's who Howie looks at. Who? Not the big name guys. You didn't know who CJ Gardner Johnson was. No idea who he was. Preston Smith's name is going to be out there too. Outside linebacker, Green Bay. I think this guy's a little too long in the tooth. Justin Houston, Carolina, OLB. I think that's just a little bit too... I think he's 34 now. I mean, I'd rather keep Brandon Graham. This Carl Lawson stuff with the Jets, I don't get it. They haven't really played him in the last two weeks, and he's been a healthy, he's been a healthy D act. And I don't, I don't know. Obviously, they're trying to deal him. Okay. Look at this guy here, Kean, pretending that he knew who Gardner Johnson was, making eight hundred thousand dollars and buried on the Saints roster. Guy's such a bullshit artist. You and Nick are perfect for one another. Ezra Cleveland, offensive guard, I doubt they're in the business for that. So, um, to me, I I would look at Jalen Johnson, Derrick Henry, Dante Jackson, Julian Blackman. I don't think the linebacker's there, and I don't think they're looking for a defensive tackle. Seals, happy Friday. Thank you for the countless hours of entertainment you give us weekly. Cheers, my good man. How we go get King Henry. John, dude, that would be amazing. 
If you put something like that up and all of a sudden he lands on that pod, come next Tuesday, unbelievable. Unbelievable that would be if, if you're able to do that. I'm going to look at week eight of the NFL. My friend Tone is going to be with us for the segment, as he always is, on a football Friday. That will be at 3.30 Eastern time. Oh, by the way, do me a favor, please. Do not forget today. We are giving you your last opportunity for the week to qualify for our Hooters gift certificates. All you have to do is email us at show at gmail.com, your info, and you may be in line to win yourself some great merchandise and also that gift certificate. There'll be a code word that's going to be thrown out over the next four hours. All you have to do, again, like I said, is identify that code word. You email us, and you may end up being some winners that we announce each and every single Monday. Show at gmail.com. You may find yourself an opportunity at winning a gift certificate and some merchandise with our great friends at Hooters. So, again, we'll throw that out there, and we'll give you an opportunity over the next four hours to end up winning yourself those gift certificates. Don't forget also, this weekend will be some great football as well. Great football. Get out to any one of the Hooters, seven locations from Rhode Island all the way down through Jersey and all the way over to King of Prussia. 40th anniversary, the iconic Hooter girls are there. If you don't want to go in any of the places, use the app, Hooters2Go.com. Football and Hooters. I mean, perfect match, right? Let's try some of the great specials. Buy 10 wings, get 10 boneless. Wing Wednesdays, a 40-year tradition, all for 1983. All you can eat. Kids eat for free on Saturdays. That's NortheastHooters.com. That's NortheastHooters.com. And when you go into any one of the facilities, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sill sent you. and Hooters, the perfect pair. you own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 267-261-3428 my name is dr bruce grossinger 
and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, Blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. to the Eagles, Cowboys, Ravens. Woo, man. Oh, Madonna. Are we talking? Howie, are we talking you into it? Are we talking you into it? Starting to like this here, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know why the Eagles will always be in every single conversation with a potential trade with anyone in the league? It's because he's so proactive. I mean, Jerry's reactive. And get this. Don't you think there's any coincidence since 2000? The Eagles have been by far the better organization than than Dallas. That's kind of like when Jerry started taking the reins over. And that dynasty ran out with all those fabulous players. They never were able to do anything else ever again because he was a decision maker. Jerry sits back and thinks people are going to come to him with, with a deal. Like he does his oil wells. How he looks for deals. Totally the different approach. How he goes and looks for a deal. Jerry waits for a deal. And that's why he's been waiting all this time. Look at the Jalen Smith kind of sign. He thought he got a steal in the draft. And the guy was a bum. And he gave him a ton of money. He thought he found a guy at Michigan because, I don't know, it reminded him of Jerome. Remember, he compared him to Reggie White. I'm like, Reggie White? That guy will be lucky to be as good as Betty White. That's right. Dirty D. Jerry Jones is a fabulous NFL owner. Fabulous guy to work for. Fabulous guy to be around. Awful decision maker. See, I say this to you about Howie. I don't think Howie ever falls in love with any of his players. 
I think he falls in like with his players. And that's a quality GM. Do you ever watch Moneyball and how uh, Billy Bean did business? Hey, Jeremy Giambi, we're trading you to the Phillies. Uh, Ed Wade's a great guy. They'll take care of you, our travel person, and uh, good luck to you. No shits and giggles about being dealt. You're dealt. You're not going to tell the guy, well, I just bought, I don't, I, I, I don't care. This is professional sports. Nobody cares about your personal life. Once you start making a paycheck, your personal life is a non-factor. That's why when you guys, I love, I love some of you in there going like this. Well, you know, Brian Johnson and him. Brian Johnson and Jalen Hurts being friends has so nothing to do with anything. You, well, yeah, you, familiarity with the guy, you know who he is. So you, hey, the only thing that that thing helps in, the introductions aren't needed. That's the only thing that helps on, is that the introductions aren't needed. Hey, I'm Dan Cilio. Hi, I'm Jalen Hurts. I'm Brian Johnson. Hi, I'm Jalen. That's the only thing it works on. Because eventually you got to get into a game and call a game. You think you're calling Jalen's favorite place? Or are you calling plays? You know what? I never thought about that. Maybe that's a little bit of the problem with Brian Johnson calling Jalen's favorite plays instead of the plays that win. Well, Jalen likes this play to AJ. Maybe that's the problem. And it's not much of one. But the turnovers, again, could be on that. Getting the ball to one guy has caused more turnovers. And by the way, A.J. Brown, if he wasn't producing, then you would be saying shit like this. Stop it. But he is. He's making a strong case for him taking the crown from Justin Jefferson this year. See, I think that's a one-year crown. I think you're only as good as the last year you played. I don't give a shit what Justin Jefferson did yet last year. I could care less. I care what AJ's doing right now. And get this. You know what you guys will say? That's flip-flopping. Justin Jefferson has missed ball games. So do you actually think Justin Jefferson should still retain the title as the best wide receiver, even though he's not producing the numbers now? Well, Sills, um, you're going to go off last year and the year before? What's that got to do with today? What's that got to do with today? Okay. As, as, as I tell you, once again, JM, there's more quality, quality routes that are being designed for one guy compared to the double coverage guys that Goddard and Devontae see. Devontae's numbers are down... I wouldn't say significantly, but he's not trending even for a thousand yards this year. And I'm not even sure he's trending for 80 catches. Might be 80 on the screws. Goddard will never get to 900 yards receiving unless he has a 200 yard game somewhere. He could. He's talented enough to have that. He could. Okay. 
David says that AJ Brown is a very good, is very good at the slant. Tremendous. And the punch and go long, simple, but deadly. He, you know what he also is too? Like I said, even if he's covered, throw it to him. Dude, that guy is gonna win. But th- this is where I don't get why they don't do this more on the red zone. So you're on the red zone with him. Why are you running it? If you know you're struggling with your running backs in the red zone on getting touchdowns, and you have, Jalen Hurts has more rushing touchdowns than any running back on the Eagles in the red zone. Hell, he may, am I right, Tone? He may have more rushing touchdowns than anyone on the team. From Goal line to goal line. He, I, I don't know that. But Hertz may have actually more rushing touchdowns than anybody that the Eagles have. Okay, so Jalen Hurts has more rushing touchdowns than any back you had on your team. Okay, I don't know. Is that a problem? Well, it's it's playing itself out as a red zone problem. Throw the ball up then. Loosen that middle of that defense. A.J. Brown, you have a better chance of completing passes, in my opinion, to A.J. Brown in a jump ball situation on the goal line than you do currently in the red zone on scoring a touchdown from 10 yards in on third and one, third and nine, whatever. Now, if you're third and one and you're on the goal line, you're going to get that in because of the percentages of the brotherly, brotherly shove. He has six and the rest have combined three. Holy cow. Jalen Hurts has six rushing touchdowns and everyone else has three. And you're telling me Derrick Henry can't help you. It'll, it'll turn you in to one of the greatest offenses that I've ever seen. But Sills, I don't want to give up a two. <laughs> Listen to what I just said. You'll win the Super Bowl. No matter what Charlie Brown guy is your coach. And you'll have the greatest offense I've ever seen. Maybe since the Steeler teams with Bradshaw on them. Okay? Yale goes, that's a bad stat? No. The pathetic red zone numbers are pathetic. That's a bad number. And how about this, Yale? Could it be that's where he ended up getting hurt? Down in the red zone? Do you want your running, excuse me, do you want your quarterback leading your team in rushing touchdowns and wearing a knee brace and still leading your team in rushing TDs. I don't know. That's not protecting your player. That's not protecting him. When your quarterback doubles everybody else's rushing touchdowns as a group, I'll tell you what, maybe that's something to do with the turnovers too. Because how many how many touchdowns did Miles Sanders have last year? Eleven. He had like 11 TDs, didn't he? 
right? That's where they haven't replaced him. A back getting in the end zone. Last year, you had a back get into the end zone. This year, you don't. Your quarterback is the... Once again, look at the heavy lifting that Jalen has to do every game. You know, I would make this point to you. Josh Allen, um, Lamar Jackson, probably Kyler Murray. The things you ask those guys to do um, are more than any quarterback in the league. And you're going you're gonna to be in the 10 eventually. Josh Allen last night, what was his numbers? He was spectacular last night. Still ended up in the 10. 31 of 40. 324, two TDs, a pick, 106.7 rating. Seven carries, 41 yards. A touchdown. Sky counted for three TDs. 365 yards of total offense and had nine balls that weren't completed. That's getting it done. But that's heavy lifting. That's heavy lifting. Could you see Buffalo getting a run at Derrick Henry? Again, why would the Titans want to get the Bills better? Boy, I mean, Derrick Henry and Buffalo would just be insane. If that that guy's going to land somewhere and he is going to change a team's he's going to change a team. Hey, Yale, am I right? Henry lands somewhere. I hope he lands not in the NFC. Cuz he could change it. If you put Derrick Henry on the Rams, they look better. They look better. I mean, I don't believe Minnesota would do that shit because they just got rid of Dalvin Cook. Jalen Hurts done enough to where I think it's possible he could throw the NFL for a loop or just playing quarterback, not being a dual threat until his injury clears up 100%. We, we have the squad to do it. But I would say this to you, okay? I think that's why the turnovers are high because he's trying to make that transition and the Eagles want to see that transition. They want to but, – but here, Jalen Hurts is not going to win you a Super Bowl as a pocket passer. And nor is Lamar Jackson. No, nor is Josh Allen. They're not. The the unique skill set, I don't know why you guys fight me on this all the time. There's three dudes like this in the NFL. You You can win a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy because Brock Purdy's a passer. Does he have to have everything perfect? Yes. I didn't say he's Joe Burrow. But you can win with him. Brock Purdy doesn't have to do any running. Jalen Hurts is your number one rushing touchdown running back.
think Joe Burrow's ever going to lead the Bengals or Mahomes? You think those guys are ever going to lead their team in rushing touchdowns for any respected year? You think they're ever going to lead at the end of the year in rushing touchdowns? Okay? The, the senior goes like this. Stop acting like pocket passers don't get hurt. Who said that? But if a pocket passer blows his knee out, I'm not concerned about him. Jalen Hurts blows his knee out. I'm awful concerned because that's part of his skill set. Do you understand there's little room for him to be banged up? Like it was with Cam. You don't – Joe Burrow could – Joe Namath is a great – you could blow both your knees out, still not have an issue because the guy's a pocket passer. When you are a dual threat guy like these dudes are, your entire career is on your skill set of who you are. Like I said, Hertz is not going to win a Super Bowl as a 35, 45 to 50 time passer. Why is that? Look at the turnovers now. They're increasing his volume of passes. And you're like, well, those tips aren't his. Yes, they are as a unit. They're asking him to be more of a pocket guy. Well, the turnovers are higher. Do you understand something here? The only reason that these other teams, there's two factors why these teams have all been playing the Eagles close outside of the Miami game is because of turnovers and a young defense. That's it. And the Eagles are probably playing right now at 80% of their top capabilities. I don't think we've seen the best team yet. I've never said that. I think you're kind of in the conversation right now where I think you're trending in the perfect, actually, I'll, I'll say this, going into week eight, I think this team's probably actually in a pretty good place right now because you're not playing your best ball and you're still winning ball games. Okay? You're still winning ball games. That Jordan Davis thing kind of kind of bugs me a bit heading into this game. But again, before I bring Tone on here for the segment, you know, he said something the other day from that game that they first played where it was close and it got down to the one and they had to go to overtime and they kick a field goal to beat the commanders at the link. Are, is Philly better now than what Washington is and what every what they were then? Yeah, they're better. Washington's not. Washington does exactly what bad teams do. They play up and down to competition. And it, the Eagles don't play up and down like that. That's not who – Dallas plays like that. Those are teams that are, have no shot to win a Super Bowl, no matter how much talent you have. And Dallas will probably go to 5-2, and two, even though I would keep an eye on that Rams game. Let's bring my friend Tone in. Hey, Sills, how you doing, sir? All good. Great, great. Real quick, before you get into your question, it's something you said I definitely want to address real quick. So you mentioned something about 
uh, you know, if a quarterback, if a pocket quarterback was to blow out his knee or so on and so forth, um, he would essentially, his game wouldn't essentially be affected because his game is more so, um, he's, he's, he's not ripping and running. Like, like Brady, when he blew his knee out. Right, right, right. So I look, this, this is how I process that, right? And this isn't even about Jalen Hurts. This is just about exactly what you said about pocket quarterbacks, right, and blowing your knee out. You know, we there there's more to that position than just your skill set, right? And I think when we imply that if a quarterback was to blow out both his knees, his game will be unaffected. I don't think that's completely true, in my opinion, because to me, to, to stand in that pocket requires a certain level of confidence in you, not just your ability, but confidence in your body. And yeah, but he what, uses his legs to move the no, sticks. No, no, Brady again, doesn't. I, no, we're talking about again, and Brady's an anomaly. But also, I'm not. I, I think this. any pocket passer that doesn't like Philip Rivers or Peyton Manning. How about we use Peyton Manning? Peyton Manning is not going to use his wheels if he blows his knee out. That's not going to affect his game. But what if I'm Jalen saying Hurts is, loses any speed or agility that affects his game tone. How does I'm it? Not, not? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not is. saying this. I'm not saying it doesn't. What I'm saying is isolated from Jalen Hurts. I, you know what you said in the vacuum. If a pocket quarterback blows his knees out, his game is unaffected. I don't think that's true at all. I just don't. Th- I, I just don't think that's did it, true. Did, did it affect uh, Philip Rivers' game when he blew his knee out? No. Um, I don't know, but it, I look at I look at it like this. You know, the, again, the quarterback position is not just as simple as a skill set. Otherwise, we'll see guys like Justin Herbert just you know doing amazing things and winning all the games. The reality is, in that position, in my opinion, in that position your skill set is the only thing that gets you over the hump. You have to have confidence in your body. And we've seen plenty of quarterbacks who got hurt in the past. They have not been the same individual in terms of how they approach their approach, their approach the game in the pocket. For example, perfect example, Carson Wentz, a guy who blew, blew out his knee, messed up his back, all that kind of stuff. We say all the time how he wasn't the same player in terms of confidence in his body, in terms of, and, and also in terms of confidence in his ability. Now I'm not disagreeing that if Jalen Hurts gets hurt, and he can't be as mobile as he would like to be. That doesn't affect his game. It does affect his game. You think but it's affecting say, his game now being banged up? Um, I'm not until is he banged up? We debate is he is he well, is he not? You, we don't know. So you think somebody wears a knee brace just for like shits and giggles? We just talked about it earlier. Is he banged up? Is he not? We don't know. Well, why we, would you wear a knee brace? Are you trying to put a rouge a, on somebody? Is it Halloween? Well, no, I, 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 I definitely I definitely believe he he tweaked something for sure. I definitely believe that. Front but again, page of the Inquirer this morning, they said it looks like he's going to play. And yeah, I'm like, and he should. Yeah, but I'm like, okay. I mean, it's the it's the craziest story that I've ever seen. It now, is. A good I, story. I, I do want to say one thing to you to you though. So you think if a pocket passer like, let's pick a guy, um, Mahomes moves around a little bit, but let's say this because Mahomes is really not not looking to be the leading rusher on your or the leading touchdown guy on your football team like Jalen is right now. That's not what he wants to do. You actually think that if that guy hurts his knee or his ankle versus Jalen hurts blowing a knee out, you think that it doesn't affect it, it, it affects neither guy and their ability to play. When one guy relies on dual threat and dual assets that he has of being a runner. So you take those six touchdowns away. If he can't run the same way, 
You think Hurts is the same player if he can't sprint out on those third and 11s? No, I don't think he's the same player at all. You know what I'm saying is – Well, that's affecting think, if a guy hurts his knee, player, though, Tone. But that's affecting thing. him as a player. Well, my point is I don't think any player, any quarterback is going to come back exactly the same if they blow out their knees. I don't but think I don't, any quarterback. I, but again, those guys aren't relying on third and eleven runs like he is. I'm not. I'm not. Disagree, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. I'm just saying expand the scope here. Players who blow out their knees, they're not going to be the same player, no matter who they are. Now you have anomalies like Tom Brady, who has the intangible, and that's what I'm talking about, right? The fact that if a guy gets hurt, we can't ignore the intangible of a guy rebuilding that confidence in the pocket. That's what that that that's what I'm referring to because a okay. player we'll, we'll we'll agree to disagree on this one here. Mm-hmm. Let's let's do this here. Jordan Davis injury. Oh, Are yeah. you um uh DEFCOM what here on this one and four's the highest? Where are you with that if he's not able to play? Um if if Jordan Davis can't play, um they have absolutely fabulous replacements yeah. too. I, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even. I probably wouldn't even put a DefCon level, but 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 to your example, though, I'd probably say DefCon one or something like that. Maybe DefCon one two. You know, if that probably you know, just hurts the rotation, right? Yeah, yeah. If if anything, it has an effect on the rotation. You know, that's that that's how I look at it. But from the perspective of um them being completely ass out, no, I don't believe that. No, no. How about the Derrick Henry conversation starting to kind of like you know? I mean, I see names now, and I see, I see Bills, mm-hmm. I see Ravens. I see Cowboys, um, I saw Rams, and I saw Eagles. Um, now again, you know why the Rams once don't again, make sense to me. Really, really, the Rams? That doesn't make that doesn't make sense to me because they're not a contender. Typically, if you make a move like that, if you're if you're on the edge, you know what I mean, and they're nowhere you beat near Dallas. You're you're back in the playoff hunt. But are they true contenders? And that's and that's my point. Like, are you making that trade to just what make a divisional round? I mean. Well, when's the next? You know, the next time they have a first round pick, I think it's what next year, right, or the year after? Is it, is it next year? I thought it was two believe, more years off that Stafford deal. I'm, I'm I'm honestly not entirely sure. Um, but for the Rams to trade for him, I don't know. I don't know how that fits into. Uh, and maybe it's not a long term plan. Maybe it's not. But I, you know, I just don't see them as actual Super Bowl contenders right now. Um, I think they're still too young on the defensive side of the ball. Um, still too many questions with that offensive line. It just doesn't seem like a situation that they would put themselves in at this point. But the but the Eagles and the Ravens and the Cowboys, that make a lot of sense because I think all three of those teams are fringe teams. I don't know about the Cowboys, though, because the they they're a team that they can't get out their own way, but they're still going to be in the mix. So you gotta you gotta put their names in there. But that but, um, changes yeah. that changes the look of that team if Henry's on that cowboy team. Oh, definitely. Because definitely. they no longer are going to be considered a finesse football team when the other bullies on the block are the 49ers and the Eagles. That kind of changes you into being not having to worry on finesse. See, Tony Pollard is finesse back to me. Right, right, right. You hey, know him and Swifter are similar McCaffrey. in that regard. It, I think McCaffrey's a finesse back. Right, right. In Swift a way. as well. You yeah. know, I mean, if you, if you think you're going to run that guy 35 times or 25 times or 20 times a game, for 17 games in San Francisco, he's not going to hold up. So you got to play him differently. But Henry can carry the ball still 35 times. And actually, someone brought a point up yesterday. You know, the last two years, the year before last, 
He only played eight games. Remember, he had a thousand yards after eight games. That was insane, by the way. Yeah, that was wild. Yeah, he was on pace with twenty five hundred yards or some shit like that. Mm -hmm. And last year, he finished second in rushing with fifteen hundred. So they, they, you know, you you kind of monitored his miles in a way, not wantingly. Listen, the more you talk about it, the more I get excited. Honestly, (laughs) the more, the more because the the reality is, again, you know, we talked about this, right? I feel like the Eagles need that one two punch, uh, you know, in that backfield, man. Again, yeah, the more the, the more it's being discussed, man, the more it seems uh, like a possibility, you know. Um, but I think I don't know why in my gut I feel like I feel like the Ravens are going to get him. Is it too big a name for Howie? That's because a good question. Is it you too and big I a know this. Howie? That's a good question. I never thought about it like that. How, well, because you and I know this, you know, because you know where I got that from when I when I threw a guy's name out and I said um, Julian Blackman, the guy goes who. And I said, perfect, because that, that's, that's a Howie Roseman house. guy, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, that, that's definitely a Howie's wheelhouse, um, for sure. Uh, for example, when it comes to uh, CJGJ, um, I knew of him, but I didn't know the. I, I wasn't fully uh, schooled on how good of a player he was, how effective he was. I knew of him because you know he was a jawjacker, and you know he was all you know he he was a, he was those kind of players. He was that kind of player, so I knew of him in that regard. I knew him um, because he was a low life. Ga- I mean, he was a gator, so that's the only <laughs> reason I knew. I knew who he was. Right, right, but yeah, um, Howie, you're right. Howie has a habit of finding these guys that most teams are trying to move on from. Um, maybe, maybe things aren't working out in terms of maybe the contract negotiations or playing time. Um, he finds a way to get these guys who are who feel like they're underappreciated. And they're looking to, and they're looking for something to prove. So I don't know. Is, does Derrick Henry look at him look at himself as a guy who's underappreciated in Tennessee? I don't know. What do you think? I think Derrick Henry is an old school football guy that his feet are where he is at the current moment. And I can see that. He he is so self-confident in himself and what he is in his career and how proud of his career. He's one of those players that, you know, you are where your feet are standing. Mm. And he's not looking for the next best thing because he is the best thing. Do you think and he, can he go knows down? that? But the organization is kind of looking now that you're trading pieces off. And when you trade a player like you did and sending him to Philly, yeah. it's a sign to a guy like that that makes him go like this. Maybe they are looking in a different direction. And I could maybe help them get into that direction. He's always going to have a love affair for Tennessee. Yeah. But yeah. to me, I would look at Derrick Henry and go like this. Don't you agree? He goes to Philadelphia, gets a Super Bowl. He's going to Canton. I was actually about to ask you, you know, and you brought, you brought, you brought, you brought up a good point, the fact that you see them trade a guy like Kevin Byer, not just any guy, but their, their team captain. You no, know, that's they, not they, just they, any guy. That's not just any guy, right? So, you know, that, that leads me to my next question for you really quickly um, before you get to your next one. Um, Derrick Henry right now, can, is he, is he potentially going to go down? Like just everything we know about him today and, and beyond, can he go, will he go down as being one of the, the top five running backs that ever played his game? Maybe top 10. You look at him different. You'll, you'll look at him as a guy. And he did it. And he did it in a passing league, which is, which is pretty. That's pretty, a good point. It's a really good point. Okay. It's not in the, see. When 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 Campbell and OJ and even Emmett and them guys were running the ball, teams threw the ball 25 times. Remember, youth gave me a great stat. Shit completion percentage was like 57% when 
yes. back in the day. <laughs> and really, there wasn't a lot of accuracy with the quarterbacks back in the day because they were centric on running the ball with guys like Eric Dickerson. Um, I've played against some of the greatest backs of all time. I played against Herschel. I played against Dickerson, Walter Payton, and all these guys. And you, you quantify guys differently, I think. Like, when I look at Barry Sanders and I look at Derrick Henry, I look at a power back versus an elusive back. Like, Emmett, to me, is a power back, believe it or not. Even at 5'9", he was a power back. Mm. And what made him so great, Emmett, was that he ran for 10,000 yards at Escambia High School in Pensacola. He turned around and went for 4,000 yards in three years at Florida. Then he turns around and he goes for 18,000 yards in the NFL. I mean, there wasn't a level of ball he didn't succeed at or anywhere he didn't. So I always look at him and go, um, man, it has to start with a guy who's never had, have, haven't had success at any level. I look at Derrick Henry and look at Earl Campbell, mm. and I see Earl Campbell. You know, and JM likes to bring up the Dallas O-line. Well, the Dallas O-line was there intact prior to Emmett getting there, and Dallas won four ball games under Tom Landry. Good point. I mean, think about it. Tune was there. Crawford Kerr was there. Um, Tom Rafferty was there. Um, Nate Newton was there. You had all the big pieces intact there. Until Jimmy drafted Emmett, and all of a sudden that old line became somebody because Emmett Smith solidified it with his ability. Those guys were all in the building. They were drafted by by Tom Landry. A great back can make anybody look. Derrick Henry makes that Tennessee tight. That Tennessee tight and offensive line is so bad that if he comes to Philadelphia, you've got to think this too. Should I take less money? And come to Philly and get 2,400 yards. He would, he would, dude, if Derrick Henry landed on you, I don't know how many yards he has right now. Let's find out really quickly. Let's find out. But I would tell you, okay, tell me how many yards he has right now. And I'll give you a projection on what I think that guy would do behind Jalen Hurts and also that offensive line. So currently, currently he has 96 carries. 425 total yards uh, rushing. Um, What's he averaging? Averaging uh, just over four yards a carry. Okay, how uh, many yards a game? He's averaging seven. He's averaging almost 71 yards a game. So 71 yards. 70.8, but 70, 71. Let's say 71. He's averaging He's averaging 71 yards a game here. Yep. And I'm going to show you something here when you look at this. 71 yards a game off of an offensive line that is absolutely pathetic. <laughs> it's one of the worst that you can ever. So he's on pace for 1,200 yards. If Derrick Henry came to Philadelphia, that 71 yards would turn into 110. Mm. Mm. And he would run the rest of the way. He'd be an 1,800-yard back. I mean, an 1,800 yards explosive red zone. You couldn't stop him. Can you imagine him behind those guys on Lane and Malata? And if, if you're Henry, you guess what, who else is in his ear? A.J. Brown's got to be in his ear going. You got A.J. there. You got Kevin Byard there. Howie has an in with the GM already. I'm going to make you feel even more excited. If you're Henry going to Dallas with a dysfunction yet, he doesn't have time. You don't have time to make a mistake. 
I'm landing somewhere. This man is playing for legacy. Funny you should say that. Where is he, Sills? Tell you what, you put him in the land of great and really good, but you put him in the land of exceptional with a Super Bowl win. It's the, kind of like the same thing with O.J. Anderson late in his career. When O.J. when O.J. was in St. Louis, O.J. Anderson led the NFL in rushing his rookie year, and in his second year, he did the same thing. He didn't put the he didn't put the cherry on top of the cake until he became the Super Bowl MVP, and he won two Super Bowls in New York. Through, did you know through 108 games played, right, he has 8,700 uh, rushing yards and 81 touchdowns? That is and he's missed, half, he's missed a half a year. He's missed a half a year, and he's still and he's still filling out this year, you know, but he's been healthy his entire career except for 2021. Played all the games in 2022, and obviously, you know, this this year has yet to be finished. So, yeah, man, um, whatever happens. Year, the, look at the year he had eight games. Look at the year. He had 937 yards, I think. It's, it's insane. Yeah, exactly. 9, 937, yep, and 10 touchdowns. <laughs> he had, wait, hold on, one, two, three, four. He had five seasons back-to-back of, of 10 or more touchdowns. You want to hear something even crazier crazy. about that year? That year he only played eight games? I think, if I'm not mistaken, he still finished in the top ten in rushing. As a matter of fact, I can find out for you right now. I think he I, – actually, I think he finished in the top five or top six. No, my top ten sounds more realistic. But, um, yeah, yeah, you, you might you might be right, actually. Because I was, I, was, I was keeping track of that all year, that one year, and I'm like, damn, he's still in the top ten or – here is 2021, let's see. He he could have bowed out of the top, but can you get no, that? No, he, 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 he was still in the top 10. He was ranked ninth. He was ranked ninth. So he missed half a year and was still ninth in the league in rushing. You I'll don't want that guy on you. your team? I'll put it in perspective. Ezekiel Elliott, he, threw, he, he, played, he played all 17 games last year for the Cowboys. He put up 1,000 yards rushing. Derrick Henry put up 937 in eight games. That's that's ridiculous. Oh man. How about this one here too, Tom? With a guy like that, you know, people go like this. Well, the Titans are gonna be asking for a lot for him. No, they're not. Because the market, I'll tell you the way the people were talking and owners were talking prior to the season starting. Shit, you had some of the youngest players. Guy led the NFL in rushing. You had the guy in New York, Dalvin Cook was cut. The only guy that really got a decent deal for the value that he's not is Miles Sanders. I mean, and if you think about it, okay, you're not going to get – I I would think, Max, you're going to get a third rounder for him. And the only reason I say three is because the money that's involved with it. You, mm -hmm. For the Titans to pick up the majority of that, you've got to make it of an incentive because they just rather eat it, restructure, and then move them in the offseason. It makes more but, sense. But I don't think they'll I, – I think this, I is his, this is this is his contract year. So at the end of the season, he's a free agent. Oh, that's so they right. Right, they won't be able to move him. So they're looking at it like they have to get something for him today. That's correct. So, so He's out of there. He's out of there. It's it's literally a matter of where he goes at this point. And I think I have forgotten right. this is his last year. Yeah, You're this right, is this is not, last year. He's not going to stay in a rebuilding place. Right. So you look at it like this, right? If if you if you do have to convince convince the Titans to pick up the majority of the contract, you can say, well, I mean, 
his contract is over at the end of the season anyway. I mean, the, the leverage kind of balances out. So No, you have the leverage because at the end of the year, if you don't get anything now for him, you're not getting you're anything nothing. for him. You're nothing, right, right. And this is probably the best you're going to – this is the, the best moment you have. You're, never, you're not going to get anything for him. Because his people are going to go like this. Shit, I'll wait till March 17th. I'm not doing anything. Right. Right. I'm not going to do anything here, man. Right. And and, and the trade, and, trading trading doesn't start until the 17th, and that's when free agency starts. Yeah. So you're running into it. There's not a I, – dude, I would even make this point. I don't think the Hopkins is going to be on that team come Tuesday. They're going to wow. dump that kid's ass. Yeah. Yeah. Shit, they'll probably dump Tannehill. I think Tannehill, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they dumped Tannehill. I mean, he's injured. They won't be able to. He's injured. You can't trade an injured guy, right? I don't think you can. See, look, he's- see, when 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 Jeff when Jeff says Derek Barnett in a second, Derek Barnett does no value, man. I know you guys want to get and get this, and I get the passion of that because you know why? You're looking to get the better hand of the deal, but that's not what. See, look, Howie wants to go back to Tennessee again. And he wants to make a deal. Here's a fair deal. Think of a fair deal for Tennessee. And again, the only reason I brought Swift up, Tone, was because you're not signing him either. Really and he's on a one-year deal. And he's a free agent in the offseason, too. Hey, remember how you were suggesting um, the Eagles may have to ask Swift, ask Swift to be a part of the deal, right? Yeah. Here's my, here's my slight pushback on that. They drafted a running back, I believe, in the third round. Uh, yeah, they drafted a running back in the third round this past draft. His name is Tajay Spears. They really like that kid. He's averaging about he's averaging over five yards carry right now. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they're looking to get, they're, they're looking to establish him. Maybe 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 trading maybe putting Swift in that trade doesn't necessarily benefit them. Okay. You get what I mean? Because yeah, they're trying totally. cuz they drafted him they literally drafted that kid and they really they really like that kid. Um and he's productive with with the snaps that he's given. Um over the season he has 31 carries, 171 yards, averaging uh, uh over 5 yards a carry. I wouldn't be surprised if you don't even have to ask him to that because maybe they're not looking to add another running back. Would you look at Derrick Henry if you're the Jets? Dump Cook, bring him in. I don't no know. Quarterback, you don't have any quarterback play. But how much does Derrick Henry push a Zach Wilson led Jets over the top? Nothing. You know what I mean? But so it's kind, it's, Henry, it's kind of. But Derrick Henry and Aaron Rodgers next year would. True. That, that means the Jets will have to extend him at some point. So I'll okay, look at it like this, right? Do you do you anticipate the Titans abiding no. by his abiding by his wishes? And what I mean um, is, like, yeah, do, I, do, do you I think, think the Titans have enough respect for him? him? Right, right. That's what I mean, right? Do you think they have enough respect for him? Yes. To, to say, okay, these are our options. What do you think? Because about? Vrabel, Vrabel is really a big voice in that building, and Vrabel didn't like the way the AJ Brown deal went down. He made mm-hmm. it very public that he didn't like the way that was handled. And also, it's the AFC. They True. might not. They might not. They might Absolutely. not do that. But I, I think Mike is because he's a former player would never disrespect. Like you're not going to send Derrick Henry to a shit box team. Um, now, I mean, do you send them to Houston to help no, out? No, no, because they got that kid. Um, Damian oh, yeah, the Pierce. kid from Florida. Damian Pierce. Yeah, they got him. I, I doubt. Yeah, they, they got the kid from Florida. Plus, they probably want to go young. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, okay. and that's probably I'm where that's the probably. Bucks. 
interesting. But again, Baker Mayfield, how far can Derrick Henry take Baker Mayfield? You know what I mean? So you're looking for this to be a Super Bowl move for a team. That's how I'm looking at it. Oh, no, you're looking at it through the lenses of an eagle. No, I'm looking you at it. You could also look at it through the lenses of how the Titans see it, too. No, I am. Trust me. I'm looking at it from the perspective of. It's a Super Bowl move in Philly, Tom. No, right, right. Not just for Philly, but it's a Super Bowl move for the Ravens. It's a Super Bowl move for the Cowboys. Niners. See, the, the Niners, right? So I'm looking at it from the perspective of a Super Bowl winning situation. And I don't think that a team who's not even on the fringe of making it to a Super Bowl, even if they're not, because let's be, let's be totally frank about this. There's about five real teams we're taking serious for the Super Bowl. There's like six teams that are going to win it this year. You can pick right. a pool of six. Right. So if you're not in that six, yeah, I don't see any of those teams making the move for Derrick Henry unless they're trying to get rid of a contract that's kind of weighing them down. No way. So hey. I, again, I don't see a team that's not in that six making a move for a guy like Derrick Henry because that's the kind of move. And also, he's a running back. That's the kind of move you make if you need to get taken over the top, not necessarily a move you're trying to stay if you're not just trying to get marginally better. 49ers, Eagles, Cowboys, Chiefs. Bills? Chiefs? You never know. What comp pick will the Titans get if Henry walks? I, um, I think a third. I'm not even sure how that stuff works. <laughs> 49ers, Eagles, Cowboys, Chiefs, Bills. Bills are Bills are in the mix. That's what I'm saying, right? Okay. Who the, what give me give me another? Okay. Chiefs, Cowboys, Eagles, 49ers, Bills. You think the Bengals are? I don't know if the Bengals are in that. They they just restructured mixing. I don't see them in that. They have no running game right now. So maybe I don't know because I was, the Bengals are a team would that zip, would, would zipper owner Mike Brown open up the the purse strings to bring Derrick Henry in there? That's a really good point. Jacksonville, they got NTN, but is he an every down guy? He ain't Derrick Henry. You know what I mean? So I'm going to put the Jags as one of the six teams. Because I think the Jags, I think the Jags are a dark horse in that in that AFC. Shit, you put him, you put Derrick Henry. If I'm not mistaken, I think Derrick Henry's like from Atlanta too, right around down there in the southern. I think he is he from down in that neck of the woods. I think he's like um an Atlanta guy. Uh oh, he's a Florida Henry. guy. He's a Florida guy. Yep, yep, Florida. Yep. Yeah, he's a Florida guy. Uli Florida. Uli Florida. They got the U on their helmet too. I love it. That Yuli High School's got the U on it. Word, um, word. So, Derrick Henry aside, right? What move? Okay, let's just, let's just say Derrick Henry. Let's do this here. Okay, let okay, me, let's do it. Let me go here. Would you look at a corner, the bear corner? I would. I genuinely would. Jalen Johnson? Jalen Johnson. Wait, uh, what teams he play for again? The Bears. The, oh, oh, yeah, we were talking about him the other day. I yes, well, I have I would, an updated list here. Jalen Johnson. I would consider that. He's 24 that. years old. I think and the Bears and, and, would and want a pretty high pick for him, too. Probably a two or three. Yeah, and he's in a contract year. I think he's in the, uh, the final year of his rookie deal. He is. That's, that's prime real estate for Harry Roseman to make a move. Um, uh, is he an outside corner, or is he played a slot? Both. Okay. I'm willing to make that move. He's young. 
Um, get, add, 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 add some more competition in that cornerback room. Um, I'm not completely sold on Bradley Roby. Um, he played two games and he got hurt. So you Lord knows what, and they, they have nothing really invested in that. Um, so Jalen Johnson, and then you have an aging Darius Slay and, uh, and, and Bradbury. I don't think Darius Slay is going to be here next year. Could he potentially take over that spot? Could Eli Ricks maybe take over for Bradbury later on when he develops more? I don't, you know, it's, 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 they're, I think after this season, the Philadelphia Eagles are definitely keeping their options open at the cornerback spot. I don't, I, I don't, I don't think Slate or Bradbury is safe, if I'm being honest. Because they're both not playing well. Well, they're playing decent. Dante Jackson, Carolina cornerback. How's he doing this year? Let me look him up on PFF. How's he doing? Their their problems clearly have been in the offensive line. Offensive line, yep. It's been brutal for Carolina. Dante Jackson, okay. And remember something, hey, Tone, remember something here about Carolina. Look at the equity they gave away to move up to get Bryce Young. So they've got to try to recoup some draft equity for April to try to do some things around Bryce. They either need to get O-line, more mm -hmm. wideouts. They sent the receiver up to Chicago. They've got a lot to do here to get back into a position because they gave away a King's Ransom to get to that number one overall pick. Right. And so – you that's why Brian Burns's name is back on the market again, but you're gonna they're gonna want tons of ones for him because of his youth and how good he is. So they've got a lot of guys on the market here. I mean, so yeah. you gotta look, you might have some leverage here on that because they're looking for draft equity. You know, the Carolina Panthers have put themselves in a bad situation because you you gave up all that to move up for Bryce Young, right? And then you're 0 and 5, and you can't even reap the benefits of having the number one overall pick. Can I tell you why I didn't like Bryce Young? The size. Totally. The size. What what's this? He's a baller, man. He's a great, he was a great athlete. And but you is. draft, you draft him knowing you don't have an offensive line. That was nasty work. It just doesn't make sense that you drafted an undersized player with no O-line and you're just begging for problems. Yeah, and then again, you you're zero and five, right? It wasn't like you had a true number one overall pick. You traded for it, so and you're zero and five. You can't even, again. You can't even. You, you can't, can't justify even, it. You can't justify it right now. You know he's going to have to be the only winless team right now. Listen, the, the Carolina Panthers have made some very questionable moves right now, right? Again, we're not talking about Bryce Young's talent, right? We're talking about just the move in the yeah, next totally. Team, I right? think he's a great you know, gifted player, right? You 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 trade you trade up for a quarterback when you have no offensive line. You're zero and five. You can't even reap the benefits of being the worst team in the NFL with the number, with the first overall pick in the twenty twenty four draft. You 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 pay you pay an overrated running back, um, and he's and he's not he's giving you any he's not giving you anything. He's like fumble, the Giants. He's a he's a fumbling machine right now. The Panthers have made some very shaky business decisions. Like and, why would you get rid of DK Moore? Oh, DJ Moore. Yep. Why would you get rid of DJ Moore when you brought in and drafted a number one quarterback? I mean, uh, it, it, it. But remember, that's how they got that number one overall pick. They I gave him DJ Moore. They gave that to him. And my thing is, you're cutting your nose to spite your face. You're drafting a quarterback, but you're trading away your number one weapon to get him. It's, it's, it, 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 it didn't make sense to me. It backfired. It, it, it backfired it, it tremendously. Totally, it totally backfired here. Um, that's someone to look at. I don't mm -hmm. think you're going to look at Court and Sutton. I think they're very happy with what they have. Yeah, yeah. They're going wide to the How about this kid? Julian Blackman, Indianapolis safety. And um, actually, what would you first think of Dante Jackson? You know, 
he's not really having the best season according to PFF. And I know PFF isn't isn't law and PFF isn't God, but I mean to have a fifty rating, a fifty overall Is rating. Is anybody in, in Carolina right now, having a good year? They're, you know what? It is hard to look good in a situation like that. You know, right. you made a great point to me. It made me realize something about Nicholas Morrow. You think if he got around better players, he's going to play better? That's a good sure point. Sure looks that way with Morrow, doesn't it? That's a good point, man. That's a good point. You know, that's really – and the guy, um, Dante, uh, he has speed. He has he has real speed. Um, I don't know. You I might like, get him for a four and five. You could. You could. I like the Jalen Johnson pick up, um, pick up a lot more, though. Yep. I like the Blackman thing though, the safety. I like that. But you but then you just traded for you just traded for the uh you know for um Kevin Byer. So I don't know. Yeah, um, probably not. Yeah, so props so props are probably not that unless you try to use Blackman in a slot, add some versatility. Preston Smith OLB. I don't think Justin Houston would be under radar. He's 34, he's probably way on the back nine now. Yeah. I, and, I, I and, I, and I don't see them making a move for a linebacker either. No, I don't either. Yeah. No, I, I I could see them signing someone that gets released. Right, but I, I don't see them trading them assets for them. Right, right, because you got to think about it like this, right? Like I don't see the Philadelphia Eagles giving up assets to get a linebacker. They hardly no. like they hard they hardly like drafting them in the first place. <laughs> so you know what I mean. So yeah, yeah. that's yeah. I, I I don't think that's a possibility. So again, I mean, there this list is going to continue to get updated. Hey, you think Chase Young? This is like a big weekend for Chase Young. Huge or weekend. do you think the Washington Commanders are already set that they're going to move him on Tuesday? Because, and here, the reason I think that there's more leaning to that. Okay, so he's you're getting here. Here's again a play you're going to get nothing for once he walks out the building. He picked up his fifth year option, so he's in a contract year as well. So right. they didn't they didn't another, pick it up. Right, I'm sorry. Right, they didn't pick it up. They right. didn't pick it up. Right. So if you don't move him. He walks out the door, and you lost that number one. You lost that number one pick yep. of a couple of years ago. And actually, too, Tone. Um, the one thing that I think about this is that Young's up this game. He has, and guess what? I'll take it a step further for you, right? Montez Sweat, he's in the contract year. So, are you going to risk letting Montez Sweat and Chase Young walk in the offseason? I doubt that. One of those guys is getting moved by Monday. Watch. I think it's Young. Mm. Because of the injury. And, and to me, Who when you move more? young, if you move young, see, sweat gives you a one. They might keep sweat because he's healthier, if that makes sense. Correct. But sweat is going to get you a one in return. Young is going to get you a four in return. Who has more left in their deal this year? Who has? I, I think Chase Young is old more, right? Because Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Is it because it's a rookie contract? He was over number one overall. His, I, I think he. Was, I think he, I don't think he's number one overall. I think he's top three. Let me see here. All right, Chase Young contract. Okay, so. All right. Okay, this is interesting, right? So, Montez Sweat, right now he has an eleven point five million dollar cap hit. That's what that's what he would be owed this season in twenty twenty three. Chase Young, he has a ten point nine 
million dollar cap hit. So that begs the question. Both those contracts are very similar. Who are they more likely to move? Or do they the move? The guy who has the history of injuries okay. moving. But they will get less for him, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, but the other guy, so I'm going to stick with him on my team because he's a guy that I want to try to redo because I've got cap deck equity invested in him. Mm -hmm. um, he's a good football player. Now, some of the numbers here, you would say this. Okay, am I going to am I going to resign and restructure a, a, a deal for a guy who right now their defense is 22nd against the run and 28th against the pass? Am I going to give that guy that money when he's completely under underperformed as a player this year and really the last two years? And another thing to keep in mind: Chase Young is 24, Montez Sweat is 27. So, are they are they are they willing to bank on Chase Young's injury history being behind him? No way. I don't think they are. But at the same time, Montez Sweat, I think that I think you bring a book. I think they are more. If, if when you think about the injury aspect of it, especially which is very important right now, I think they're more likely to keep Montez versus Chase Young. I think they're willing to sacrifice compensation than sacrifice health. You get what I mean? Oh, totally. Yeah, so, that's completely part of the evaluation on, on 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 keeping a player. I got a question for you. Can you do yeah, one sure. quick thing? Yeah, sure. When when is when is Josh Sweat steal up? Oh yeah, we talked about this. Um, Josh Sweat contract. I think, I think, I think he's in the contract year, if I'm not mistaken, or is it at the end of next year? Let me double check. Let me double check contract details. All right, Josh Sweat. All right, he's he's he will be an unrestricted free agent in 2025. So 2024 is the is the last year of his, of his contract. Last year of his contract. How he addresses that prior, or do you think how he holds his knee injury against him, and it's still a wait and see because he could have held his knee injury and get some, you know, before he signed for the the second. What's he deal. making now? So um, right now he has an average salary of 13.3 million, but but underpaid. Right, but 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 in 2024, um, he has a non. Hit in 2024, I'm sorry, in 2023, he has a $5.8 million cap hit. In 2024, he has a $9 million cap hit. So the thing is, though, I wouldn't be surprised if Harry Roseman extends him, adds another two or three years onto that contract before he even gets into 2024. I wouldn't oh, be surprised. Uh, currently, right now, Josh Short is 26. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Harry Roseman extends him at the end of this at, at the end of this season. I wouldn't be surprised. Because right now, Josh Sweat, and I believe you're right. I because I don't, Sweat, I don't think they send him in that final year on the no. lame duck contract. No, because they got right too now, much respect he's for trending him. where he's a double digit guy and he's going to be a double digit guy. And right now, you're talking about a guy that's making 13 million dollars, right. and with the market being the way it is, shit franchise tags right now are 18 million dollars for and, ends like that. And also, edge rushes right now, their value is so high, teams have to be desperate to just move on from star edge rushers like that, right? Oh, yes. The Panthers, they're desperate. Therefore, Brian Burns is available. I don't – with the Philadelphia Eagles being as in the mix as they've been for the past few, for the past couple of years and how – and also with them trying to keep this window as wide as possible, I don't think they move on from Josh Sweat. They've invested in him. They've developed him. I doubt they let him walk for anything. They're, I, listen, I'll take it a step further. They're more likely to let Hassan Reddick walk than let Josh Sweat walk. I believe that firmly. Well, I'll tell you what, you let him uh, – you let that guy walk out of here. Was he got one more year left on his deal? 
Uh, yes, I, I think next year his his contract year is. So you wouldn't address, you 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 wouldn't address if that guy ends up with fifteen sacks and he gives you thirty sacks in two years, you're gonna let that guy go into a final year of his contract? I don't think they will. But you know, my overall point is when you got edge rushers, you can't give him thirty million dollars a year. That's is that, what is that the going rate is. No, they're not giving us Hell no. If somebody <laughs> will give that guy twenty five million dollars. Somebody would probably. Somebody probably would. Let me just put this out there. If you put Josh Sweat in the open market right now, somebody would pay that guy eighteen million dollars, nineteen All million. Right. All right, real quick before we get out of here, let's let's look at the top salaries. The, the top uh, salaries right now, as far as average salaries among amongst uh, edge rushers, right? Let's 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 look at that because that's and remember at at about eighteen percent to the salaries the next two years. Right. So all right. So as of right now. The top edge rusher right now, as far as contract goes, Nick Bosa, thirty-four million. He's not getting 34 that. Thirty-four million. Thirty-four million. T.J. Watt is next at twenty-eight. Um, Joey Bosa, twenty-seven. Miles Garrett, twenty-five. Max Crosby, twenty-three point five. Khalil Mack, twenty-three point five. Bradley Chubb, twenty-two. Hassan Reddick can get more than twenty million on open market. He can he definitely get, get Khalil Mack. He 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 can definitely get at minimum. 23 million on, on, a team on, in the on AFC the market. would pay him 25 million dollars. Yeah, and, and again, this is about what a market is. Forget what you think about the skill set. The market says, and also productivity. He's he's showing that he can but play the, the run Bills now. Gave Von Miller. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's and he's past his prime, and they, they gave him, the they gave him they a gave his ass. They gave him a king's ransom, and he's barely, you know, he's got he got hurt, you know. So I, I don't I don't like you know blaming guys for that, but you know the reality is they gave him a lot of money. Um. But yeah, man. Um, if if the Eagles if the Eagles ever had to make a choice, though, I re- like. I, mean, I, I don't think they will put themselves in a position. They're to make not. A choice. Gonna, they're not going to resign Reddick. That's and, and that's what I'm saying. I think that I think they'll if they ever him. had to make a choice, they'll trade them before they sign them. Yep. And they'll sign and they'll sign Sweat if they, if they ever had to make a choice. And that, again, that's a hypothetical. And if you trade him, if you trade him in the off season, you might have to trade him. I don't believe that you would trade him this up. Well, you might because you can't let him walk after the season because you wouldn't want him to walk into that final year of his contract. So you might want to do something this offseason to really wow. make a financial decision on the guy. So Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick both will be in contract years next year. So they are <laughs> going to have to make a decision. And Who, you're going to keep I, Sweat. They're going, you, and you want to know why? Yeah, because it's because Tyler's guy. Also, you have Nolan Smith waiting in the rafters. So when you so 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 again, we have no idea what Nolan Smith's ceiling is right now. But when you have a guy like that who you drafted in the first round, and you and you have a contract, two guys, two of your edge rushers, two of your two of your top edge rushers are on the contract here, and you have to make a decision. I see them, I see them picking sweat, maybe trading Reddick, and then elevating Nolan Smith and seeing do what you can know do. why they're, the they're Nolan, good for that. They're real good for that. Do you know why Nolan Smith conversation that you just brought in is not idiotic? It's because of this. It's how they do you business. Know, well, 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 here, there's more, there's more latitude and more equity in the fact that everyone thought that Jordan Davis was not going to be the player. And all of a sudden, you just held your guns. You were patient. The guy has completely turned his game around. And so you may, because everyone said, everyone thought he was a first and second down fire hydrant. They didn't know he was going to evolve into what he's looking like so far. 
And so what you do now in the building is you go to your owner and you say, look, we're keeping sweat. We're going to move off of Reddick. We got Nolan Smith. The owner's going to go like this. Are you sure he's the replacement? Yes. And so you're, if you're Jeffrey Lurie, you see how he's been building and roster building. And you see what that person, like I've said to you, Tone, I think their true strength is evaluating every current pro player in the league, all 1,900, from the practice squad guys all the way up to the 47, 53-man roster. They know every guy's value and what the guy can do, what he's not going to be able to do, mm-hmm. how much money. And I think they're exceptional at that. Look at how many non-whiffs in the last two years that this guy – I mean – the the Tarf, I think that guy's name was Tarf, the 49er oh, yeah, oh, yeah, guy. Oh, yeah, Tarf, yeah, Jacuzzi Tarf. Tarf, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. He, he, he didn't even end up Robert Quinn. Yeah. But I, look at the 100 I, I, moves that I respect made. swings. You got you to listen. Oh, you got to take your swings. What did you say? What, what, what do you always say about baseball numbers, right? If if, if, you, if you're if you, 27%, if you, you have 27% success rate goes to in fame. baseball, you're making $10 million a year. Yeah, yeah. You're, yeah, you're, 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 you're a millionaire. You're good. Right. So, so we think about it from that perspective, right? In football, you're not going to, you're not going to, everything is not going to be a home run. But what you can do, couple of some singles in there, some doubles. Maybe you hit a triple. You know what I mean? Home run, hey, that's a blessing, right? But if you get some singles in there, some doubles, hey, maybe a stolen base. Okay, you're you're, you're cracking. You're in business. So look, you know, you know, uh, I, I'm I'm a Hassan Reddick guy. I'm a Josh Sweat guy. You know what I'm saying? I love both of those guys, man. Truly, they're just they're 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 so dynamic. They're so they're so effective at what they do. Um, but. It's good. Harry Roseman has a. That's why this year is so important. That's why. That's why. That's why losing the Super Bowl last year was such a heartbreak because Howie knows that he. You know him. He's always as a GM. You're supposed to look five, ten years down the line, right? And losing that Super Bowl in the fashion they did, it. He says it all the time. It's going to haunt him for a long time because he understands the business decisions he's made. He know he understands the business decisions that are on the horizon, and he knows that's why he made that swing for Kevin Byer. He knows they have to win it this year and maximize this this pass rush in this team because he can't guarantee Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat are going to both be here next year. He cannot guarantee that. He do has you, to. They got to win this year. They have to. Do you know, in my opinion, one of the reasons that Howie is so far ahead of Jerry and the Cowboys is because of what. You just said, and it just came to me here. Every year he has to retool that side of the ball on defense because he's bring he brings in mercenaries the same way they did in 17, and it's been a formula. And what it does, it keeps your personnel department active. It keeps him active. It keeps them on evaluating players, constantly looking at who's good, who's mm-hmm. not good, where's this guy going, how many one-year deals are out there. And Jerry sits back on his roster and just sits on the roster and gives you a statement that says, I'm good with who I am. Absolutely. There lies the entire issue that get this, the Eagle, the Eagle front office is consistently engaged every single day. on trying to improve the roster because that's their job. Jerry turns around and he's not looking to improve his roster wouldn't you agree with me on the Cowboys? Because he the falls Cowboys, in love with guys. That's why. The Cowboys the last three years have have depreciated the last three years. Three years ago it was a good team. They won 12 games. Last year that was a good team. This year, I don't think this team this year is as good as last year's ball team. I mean, I I don't know, man. I mean, I see, I see the Philadelphia Eagles 
and the 49ers continuing to make nuanced moves that just consistently keep them above everybody else, whereas everyone else is like in quicksand. It's almost it just like, looks it just there a lot of people are not proactive. It's almost like the 49ers and the Eagles is almost like they're playing the same sport, but just at different speeds. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you, yeah. you played you played this game look before. At the it's Giants. Like, you look at a guy and it's like, yo, he it's like he's playing the game, and it's like he's it's like he's playing at a different speed than everyone else. That's Harry Roseman, right? You know, that's the you know, that's um who's the GM for uh for the 49ers? Um John Lynch. John, you know, that's John Lynch writing those guys, right? That's like they're they're playing the game at an entirely um, Brett Veach as well in Kansas City. They're playing the game at an entirely different speed than everyone else. And when you're when you're that effective at your job. Everyone else is almost like they it's almost like they can't help but to make a deal with you. You know what I mean? It's like right. they're so convincing. There's like Harry Rose say what you, listen, say what we want about Harry Roseman, man. That dude knows how to whisper in your ear and no. make you and make you believe what he's telling you. I'll tell you what John told me. Howie Roseman's bedside manner in making deals is exceptional. Mm. There's no insulting, there's no um trying to get over. It's a, they, they put the deals. I said, you know, I I've known John Lynch 25 years used to come on my radio show when he was working at Fox. Um, and he was a broadcaster and his dad owned the radio station. I actually worked at mighty 1090. Wow. And became friends with him just really years. My wife knows him. She used to book him on our program. Anyway, um, John, John is a players kind of guy. He's a hall of fame player. And he he said this about Roseman. Anytime and Howie, you know how many times Howie calls him in a month? Maybe five. Just to talk about guys and get an like he'll get an opinion on a guy in the in the AFC that maybe he was looking at a year ago. Hey, can you give me some intel on what you're looking at with that player? Cause I know you're looking at because you know how he'll find out what player's agent. Will be trying to circulate a guy who needs like like a Nicholas Morrow or Zach Cunningham or looking for a job. That's what I'm that saying. guy will talk about those two players, but then Howie will bring up an active player that he has who's a good player that's last year of his contract. He'll go, Hey, how's how's uh Zach Smith doing? How's mm-hmm. and that's how he his bedside manner is so good in how he constructs these deals. And that's what John said, and that's why. You can call the Saints five, six times. That's why you can go back to the Titans. There's no animosity when it comes. Hey, now, I would think that Jim Irsay probably has an ass with how that deal went down with Carson. <laughs> yeah, Wayne. he can't, he he can't call one. him anymore. He can't call him anymore. <laughs> I, I, don't, call I, don't, him. I don't think so either. I think I think there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that line is closed. That line Plus, is you closed, got man. Nick Sirianni from him. Oh, so, my I God, mean, yeah. Yeah, no, seriously. I, yeah, I, but, but I, wait I, a minute. Steichen then was sent to Indy. True, true. Now, also, now you you brought up a good point, right? Howie's better. Howie's best side manner, right? Do you think that's what's missing in Dallas right now? Oh, Jerry Jerry doesn't have his arrogance. That it, it, there's a certain there's a certain arrogance he moves with, and it makes people not willing to make a deal with you. Like, think about it. what's the last real move the Cowboys have done at the trade deadline? What's the last like like really think about it? What's have they ever made an in season move that showed you that they were for real or that they were serious about going for it? I'll give you one and get this. I don't, I don't know if I told you the story, you know, how Haley got to Dallas. Fill me in. 
Okay. So, and, and Ed DeBartolo told me this. And then, this, uh, this, this is back in the 90s. Yeah. Okay. okay. The Cowboys were coming off. They were one and 15. Then I believe they were seven and nine or something like that in their second year, third year, they win the Super Bowl. So, and the 49ers had won the Super Bowl. And then they made the move to go to George Seifert. And he was the D coordinator. And Charles Haley hated him with an absolute passion. Just freaking hated him. So he it was such a back and forth. It was just toxic. Charles Haley jumps on George Seifert's car before a team meeting and pisses on his hood of his car. <laughs> this is a true story, dude. Jeez. Pisses on his car. Seifert comes out and sees him doing it. Goes to Karma Policy and Dwight Clark. They call Bob Ackles in um, Dallas, who was helping Jimmy with all the trades. And Jimmy Johnson goes, they go like this. Hey, 49ers want to send Charles Haley to the uh, to the Cowboys. They thought they were sending him to like the abyss. And J Jimmy goes like this. I'll take him. Picks him up at the <laughs> airport himself. You know what he said to him? He goes like this. I don't give a shit if you practice. I don't give a shit what you do. Just don't be a distraction. You get me two sacks and six tackles a game. You can do what the hell you want. And that's what Haley did. And to this day, the two moves that Edward DeBartolo, our good dear friend, said to me that he regrets to this day was trading Montana to the 49 or to the Chiefs mm -hmm. and trading um, Charles Haley to the uh, Cowboys because that's the move that gave them those three Super Bowls in four years because it solidified their defense. I can't think of a trade since that trade, and that was over 25 years ago, that has had an impact on a football team like that in season or anything like that where you got a guy like that. He's a Hall of Famer. Five rings. That's why you got to pay attention to the situations where – you know, hey, maybe I can get this guy for a price tag that maybe he's not necessarily worth, but I can get him at that number because things aren't really going well over there, and they're just, they're just trying to get rid of him. You know Jimmy what I mean? goes it's, like this. Don't be afraid to ask. Don't just, be afraid to ask. Close mouths. Don't get ask. fed. You and never know what teams and owners are thinking. You know what it is? I'm so glad you said that, right? When you're not afraid to ask, that means you have no shame. Yeah. You know, your your pride doesn't get in the way of your of, of your business or your decision making. That's the difference between the Cowboys and the Eagles. Completely. Howie Roseman isn't afraid to, isn't afraid to swing and miss. That uh, Jerry Jones, he's afraid to swing and miss. See, he's used to people talking to him about digging for wells and trying to sell him a a, a spot to dig for a well, and he thinks that's how you build a football team. People coming to him, giving him deals. Whereas how he goes and looks to dig for the he goes and looks to dig for the oil. Jerry is expecting a guy to come because he doesn't want to he doesn't want to dig a dry duster. That's how he is. Mm -hmm. Do you know that one of the things that turned his entire life around? This guy was the king of drilling dry dusters. You know what a dry duster is? There ain't no, nothing out. A dry duster means you're just digging. There ain't no oil in there. <laughs> so that guy, you know what he had to do with all that equipment he had? He had to turn his company into an equipment company break everything down, and he sold them to the people that were digging and knew what they were doing. That's, That's how he bought the Cowboys. That's pretty smart, though. It is yeah. because – but you know what?
This guy couldn't pick oil wells. What makes you think he could pick players? Hey, man. <laughs> hey. Hey, listen, man. It's, like you know said, what? Man. This is why I was always against George Bush, the second one. When someone goes like this to me about George Bush, the president, he goes, Sills, what are you you going to vote for George Bush? Um, I think it was in 43. You're going to vote for him. I go, why would I vote for a guy who traded Sammy Sosa away? <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not, I mean, I don't, you trade Sosa away. Why would I trust you, man? He was part owner of the Rangers. They sent Sosa to the Cubs. I'm like, why in the world would I trust the guy who traded away Sammy Sosa? Oh man. Is that, wait, is that, uh, is that pre-bleach or post-bleach? Um, yeah, I, I don't, I mean, yeah, I, <laughs> Hey, you, you ain't gonna answer that. You ain't gonna answer. That. You ain't gonna answer that. Hey, we're gonna end that here because I mean, <laughs> holy cow! Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what he's talking about. I have no. Yeah, yeah. Roll, idea. roll the barrel. I have no idea. Listen, hear no evil, see no evil. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, does, it, it, it does look kind of weird, though. I don't know. I mean, oh you know, man, so, it's always fun kicking with time. you, man. It's anyway. always fun. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him thank you, brother. I appreciate it, man. For sure, man. It was, for sure. it was a sure. It was a man. By the way, man. yes. By the way, what's your prediction on the game on Sunday? Oh yeah, we didn't even really get into that, did we? Um, my prediction for the game, I wrote it down right here. Um, I had the Philadelphia Eagles winning that game. Okay, so I had the Philadelphia Eagles beating the Commanders 31-20. Um, Eagles scored four touchdowns and one field goal. Commanders scored two touchdowns and two field goals. The reason I say that is because, um, I mean, but like you, like you said, the Commanders they've been very up and down. Um. They're, they've lost. They've lost four of their last five. Um, I, I'm thinking about the way Jonathan Allen approached that press conference after the game. The Commanders' morale and their chemistry is literally hanging on by a thread. I believe the Philadelphia Eagles. Put, uh, I believe the Philadelphia Eagles will put them out their misery. Um, but I will say this though: I think the Commanders will be very competitive. I don't think it's going to be an effort question. I think they're going to be very competitive. I think they're going to make plays. Um, but I think from beginning to end. I think the Eagles are just going to control the pace of this game from beginning to end. Again, the commanders are going to be competitive. They're going to play as tough. I think the Eagles pull away in that you know late third quarter or uh, early fourth quarter, and they win 31-20. I think we're in the same room. I got 30-20. I got 30-18. Okay, that's about right. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, mean, I, I, yeah, I just yeah. – because look, look at it this way, Tone. Are the Eagles better than where they were in that game at Lincoln Financial when they paid them earlier in the year? I, I think they're better. And I think Washington's trending water. I just, I mean, every week I see a different ball club. And when you see a different ball club every week, um, I, I it just means there's too much inconsistency there with that team. It's you just know? that so simple, man. I, 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 just, I, I don't trust it. Yep. And again, they're I think they're literally hanging on by a thread. The way they lost it, them losing to the Giants the way they did. And the grand, it wasn't like a blowout, but the way they lost to that, the way they lost, and the way their their team responded after the fact, you know, you know, in the locker rooms and the press conference, or whatever, they're hanging on by a threat. They get smacked by the Eagles. Fire so. Absolutely, uh, Chase Young's out the door anyway. I think on Tuesday. So, yep. Tone, great stuff, my friend. Appreciate you, sir. You got it. That is our friend Tone. Each and every single Monday through Friday, three thirty, we get him on. We talk some sports with him. Don't forget our great friends at Hooters, folks. Great time on Saturday for college football, Sunday NFL football, home of all Eagle fans, Monday night football, Thursday night football, football in Hooters. Two go together, especially during this fall season. Northeast Hooters, all seven of the locations from Rhode Island all the way through Jersey, down through King of Prussia. 
Visit any one of those locations by going to northeasttutors.com to find that location nearest to you to celebrate the 40th anniversary, to see the iconic Hooter girls. Again, try some of our specials. Buy 10 wings, 10 boneless. You get those free. 40-year tradition, 1983, all you can eat. That's the year the place was founded. How about this one? Six items, six bucks. Try the fried pickles. Great happy hour specials. NortheastHooters.com. That's NortheastHooters.com. And when you go into Hooters, do me a favor. You tell them Big Sill sent you. and Hooters, the perfect pair. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. look at week eight of the national football league here in a minute and again as i said i believe that this week is going to be more about teams figuring out what their future is and what they're going to do a lot of teams and 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 get this this is where i think roseman's going to sit back 
Do how many we all agree there's one more move, potentially two more moves by the Eagles. Am I right? To try to improve this, do we do we not agree? There's at least one or two more deals. You know what? I love that, Yale. Yale, I love that. Why doesn't the league respect our six and four over San Francisco's five and two? 85, I think they do. Okay, I do. I think they do. Are, are you, 85, you don't, you don't think that you have more respect right now than the Niners? I mean, Brock Purdy's playing is probably as well as he's ever going to play in his career. Jalen's not playing the best that he's played yet. And when he figures this out, I mean, do you really think that? You think they don't respect the 6-1 and one when you're talking about the Niners? Now, watch this. Who do you respect more? The six and one Chiefs or the six and one Eagles? I'm hardly on the slot side of the national media, but would say that the Eagles get respect for their six and one record. They just respect the Chiefs more, as they should. They're the champs. You know, that's funny. People should people bring that up. Let me let me throw this at you. How many people look at the criticism that Dak Prescott gets and thinks that it's unfair? How come I don't look at that and I don't think that the, the disrespect that he gets, I don't think it's disrespect. I think the criticism's warranted and I think it's fair. I don't know what he's talking about. He gets criticized more. There's more eyeballs on him and more people are talking about him. So the volume of people talking about Dak is more than the volume of people talking about Jalen. But it's the same criticism. There's just more people doing it. Because the Cowboys resonate more as a national brand more than Philly. Hey, the Cowboys brand resonates more than Manchester United. It's the number one valued franchise in the world. So, I mean, don't be dis... It's it's not disrespect. Okay? It's it's not disrespect. It's the it's just what it is. The Yankees, if you play center field for the Yankees, you think you're going to fall under the same criticism by the amount of media people covering your center fielder versus if you're a guy with the Kansas City Royals and your guy drops a fly ball and it's a crucial fly ball in Kansas City or a guy that's playing center field for the Yankees. Who's going to get more criticism? Because there's going to be a higher volume of critic- criticism in New York. That's all the Cowboys face is just more people talking about them. And so people think that there's more criticism. There's not. Dak Prescott has every – there is no question. Anybody who has been critical of Dak is right. Is he overpaid? Yes. Has he come through in the clutch? No. Has he taken his team shit to a divisional – has he taken a team to a conference championship game? No. Has he been an upgrade from Tony Romo? No. It's kind of the same. All those things that you put out there, 
And all those things that were said by the media people, remember the same media was screaming for Jerry to pay him. Now that they paid him, the media, look at how they're acting. Think about that, guys. Think about it, Tone. Everyone, remember everyone screaming, going, pay Dak his money. Well, now, guess what they're saying? You should have never paid him. I mean, seriously, dude, you want to talk about flip-flopping. Look at how the media flip-flopped on that story. Paid Dak, and now everyone's questioning why Jones paid Dak. How many times were people going, Jerry, pay the guy. Pay the guy, Jerry. You got to pay the guy. Jerry paid the guy. Now all you're doing is, guess what the media did? Now they're turning the room around going, why'd you pay him? And you're like, you told me it was a deal to do. What are you listening to me for? (laughs) Okay. Talk about flip-flop media. Every guy that was out there, and people were trying to make it a racial thing even. Oh, you're not going to pay him because he's black? No, I'm not going to pay him because I'm not sure. You can't do that shit you do in political talk and sports because no one cares. Look at the quarterbacks in the NFL today. Nobody cares what color you are. Almost all the high, highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL are minority players. Nobody cares anymore about that. So even people trying to make that thing even part of it. Now everyone's doing this. Why'd you pay them? I mean, talk about flip-flopping. Hey, how about right, Yale? They all screamed. Oh, hey, you gotta pay him. You gotta pay him. I was like this. I'm not paying him. I was one of the very, oh, I got called a racist for not wanting to pay Dak. Was I wrong in the end? I was one of the very few people that said, I'm not paying him $45 million. No way. I got called a racist for that. Because it's low-hanging fruit, and it's easy for people to say that or call you a hater. This is, again, this is what I say about Jalen Hurts. Do you think, Sills, that the money that they paid him, that 255 and $50 million a year, would you have done that? No. But the way the Eagles did it, yes. Here's why. It's not killing my cap. You gave him the three-year money. It's really a three-year deal. And you front-loaded it because you like the kid, you trust the kid. It's funny, I saw that clip with Jalen Hurts running off the field and Sirianni going, that's why I trust you. And he goes, you should. I'm like, there's 50 million reasons why you better trust them. Here, 
The way the Eagles – like, how about this? If you would have paid Jalen Hurts the same way that Daniel Jones got paid, I would have said, no, I'm not paying him until I see us, uh, what he does this year. And it would have benefited him going into his final year. That's what I would have done. And then in the offseason, I would have given him the money he wanted, probably given him – get this. If you if they would have waited till now or this past offseason, Jalen probably get $55 million if they win the Super Bowl. So in the end, it would have been still worth it. And the wait. But the way that they constructed the contract here in Philly, it's a no-brainer. See, the money's not the issue. It's the cap that's the issue with those contracts. Look at how many players the Cowboys have to jettison off their team every year because of the Prescott deal. Hey, am I right, Tone? Prescott doesn't have a contract after this year. Like he's is it is this like his like there's no money owed to him, or is there money owed to him that is that is next year his final year of his contract? I forget. It's either one more year left, or he has they have to renegotiate a contract. Um, <laughs> I'm not paying that guy fifty million dollars. I'm 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 not. Yeah, Mari Cooper goes to Cleveland, gets a thousand yards with Jacoby Bursett a year ago. It's 60 million. He's got one more year. 60 million. Yep, the guaranteed money is almost gone. They have to renegotiate after this season. The guaranteed money's almost gone. That means they have really no money tied into him. And you got CD Lamb coming up, and you got Michael Parsons coming up that you have to deal with. I I don't know. I mean, are the Cowboys really going to let Dak Prescott? If I'm Dak Prescott, isn't eight years enough? I mean, isn't 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 it enough? It's crazy. The Cowboys are. If I'm Dak, I'm getting out of there. Yeah. You know where I'm going? Green Bay. Tampa Bay. Yeah, you got to go to an organization. Shit, you know what the damn shame is? Can you imagine Dak Prescott in Philadelphia? Hey, he... he his entire career would change because he's in a really good organ. That guy needs a good organization that can add more years to his life. If he goes somewhere else, how about Seattle? You go up to Seattle and play with Carol and John Schneider. You go, you could go into Tennessee, play with Vrabel. Dak to San Francisco. All, but again, no, you can't put Dak in San Francisco because the money that's involved with that. 
Dak Prescott is not going to get $45 million in the open market. No way. He's going to get a Derek Carr deal. He's going to get something like that. Why would you pay for shit that hasn't panned out to be winning? Why would you do that? If you're a, if you're a team like Chicago, would you pay Dak Prescott $45 million? Why? Why would you pay him $45 million? What the... He's done as much as Kirk Cousins. So, okay, Yale. Yale says 40 a year. Well, then Cousins should go out in the open market because he'll get 42 then, right? Those two guys, those two guys are the same dudes. They're the same guys. Washington, Dak. Who's the coach? Who's the coach? Right? Who would be the coach would be my question. Nobody's worth 40 million? That's not the point. Market value. You think Nick Bose's the $30 million D end? Hey, Nick Bose in the NFL. You think about this for a second. So Nick, what 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 was the TJ Watt money? 28 million. TJ Watt. Does that guy have as many sacks in the last two years as Hassan Reddick? I think two years ago the guy had like what do he have? Like 20. So that's probably not a cool number. Okay, but because TJ Watt. Okay, let's just say he's got 10 more sacks, TJ Watt than Reddick. 10 more sacks? Reddick makes what? What's Reddick make? 15? That guy makes 13 more million dollars than him. And this guy creates havoc and is perfect for the Eagle defense. He's a wrecking ball. Okay. He's a wrecking ball. He makes $15 million. Talk about underpay. He's the most underappreciated player on the football team. And don't talk to me about pats on the back and kudos for being a great player. That's for high school and college. Well, not even college anymore because they get paid. That's for bitty football and high school football. Pats on the head and telling you how great you are. Only way you're determined how great you are is how much money you make. People can tell you how great you are all the time. End of the day, it comes down to your paycheck. Ah, oh, you're this, you're that, you're you're that. Yeah, oh, I know, I know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Philly Godfather at five thirty. Woo! Can't wait for that, dude, man. Debbie goes, she hates the Cowboys. Debbie, tell me something. Why do you hate the Cowboys? Why why do you hate the Cowboys? Tone hates them too, man. I mean, Xander can't stand them. Xander made me take the helmet down. Debbie, why do you hate the Cowboys so much? 
Cowboys talk past tense. Why? What have the Cowboys ever done to Eagle fans? Why do, why do you guys hate them so? Cow turds think they're better than everyone. Because we are from Philly, we hate everything in Dallas. You finally like him, Sills. Last year, you blew him up how he sucks. Who? Oh, Dak. Well, that's because Dak blows you up. I told you, the only reason on Dak, because Dak beats the Eagles. Dak's going to beat you again this year. You're going to split. Oh, wait, what's this with Tone? Why is it, what, 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 wait, why, why, why does he have everything capitalized? Is he, is he hollering at me here? I hate the Cowboys organization. They have no souls, no grit, no heart, no passion, no culture. <laughs> oh my, hey, <laughs> I think he's hollering this. <laughs> I'm learning something about like, you know, when you type shit out that if you put it, cause I used to always capitalize everything and everyone's like, why are you hollering? And I go, well, I holler because I'm Italian. She said, Dan, don't cap it. See, Tone, Tone was just screaming at me. But he's screaming this at me. I hate, I got to do it the way he wrote it. I hate the Cowboys organization. They have no souls, no grit, no heart, no passion, and no culture. Uh, mm. <laughs> I got to take a timeout. I got something for all you guys. <laughs> hey, should I be should I be chief agitator? We're going to take a look at week eight before we get the Philly Godfather in here. I'm going to take a timeout. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. And Hooters, the perfect pair. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. 
My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger, and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Grossinger is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, Blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. this thing here to Dan Stephen Jones <laughs> what's 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 tell him what's this <laughs> what's this what, 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 what's this I mean, what is that what 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 is this what 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 do we got here? Yeah, <laughs> look at how. What is, what what what? <laughs> what is? I played for the guy. What are you talking about? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I still think I have. I, th- I still think I have one. Oh, yeah, look. So you know. I don't get any kudos. I'm not loyal to these guys. Hold on. Hold on. This, look. Uh, <laughs> this is a is a letter for the first. Look at Tone too, man. You know, he's 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 helping all of you. Okay. Look at what it's I am loyal to you. Hang on. I don't root for the Cowboys. Look, you see this? That's where I used to live in Connecticut. I had to show up on the very first training camp for Jerry Jones when he owned the team. And it was Jimmy Johnson's first training camp. Okay? I was signed under Coach Landry. Nothing? Look look at that tone. Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How you doing? 
Jimmy Johnson head coach. <laughs> Gross. How do you guys not like that helmet? Look at this thing here. Sent me one. I, I, my, my helmet got stolen. My, my game helmet. And so they sent me this. Steven wanted to sign it for me, though. CEO. <laughs> uh, Toad just informed me, um, my segment, I will not be coming on. <laughs> Um, and from uh, from now on, uh, that helmet is officially barred from ever appearing. Nice toilets. <laughs> oh my god! Nice toilet. Do I have anything else back here? From <laughs> hold on. Do I have anything else back? Hey, wait a minute here. So you guys are probably okay with my. $10,000 Detroit Lions. And I got, this was like an incentive check I got. So you're okay with the Lions though, right? Because they played there too. You're all right with the Lions. Right? The Lions, you're, Tone, we're good with the Lions, right? I, I, my, we found this too, man. It was like a little bonus check that I got for 10 grand. Probably for weightlifting or some shit. Crazy. What a cowboy helmet. This thing really bugs you guys that much? Right there, look at that across the bay there. Cowboys. That was cowboys. <laughs> Tone White Quiet, man. What's up? <laughs> it's so ugly. Oh, the Pontiac Stadium, man. That thing was a dump. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> I need my super chat. I need my super chats back in my silly of <laughs> Over a helmet? Hold on for a second. Hey, hey, over a helmet. Holy cow, are you guys? Put it on. You think my noggin could have that thing in there? Dan flashing Eagles kryptonite. Pretty true. That's why they hate it. Because Dak, Dak is eight and three. That star's evil. (laughs) The tone is just going with it too, man. He's throwing them all up there. Look at this. Jimmy Donson doesn't even like the cow turds. <laughs> I, 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 you know what? That may be true. Hey, that may be more true than you know. That not even Jimmy likes them. How dare you show Dallas trash here? Holy cow. Hey, you think I should bring that helmet to like King of Prussia? And the King of Prussia. <laughs> Hey, Sills, you want to fight all of Philly? You bring that helmet. (laughs) Can I help it that one of the owners of the Cowboys sent me my helmet? I mean, come on, guys. I can't even kid. I won't. 
I, I, I can't even kid. How dare you show that? I hate the Cowboys before I knew what a Dak was. <laughs> yeah, look at look at Isaac. If you want to die, bring the helmet. So if you're looking for a death wish, Jimmy always picks against them. He sure does, man. Jimmy, it doesn't look like Jimmy's really. You know it is ugly. You think the cowboy helmet's ugly? The bird's helmet. Bird's helmet, cowboy's helmet. Now, wait a minute. Two weeks to save the good. Don't show it at all. <laughs> hey, the eagle helmet or the cowboy helmet? The black eagle, eagle helmet, the Kelly green eagle helmet. The eagle helmet, the white eagle helmet with the green wings. I kind of liked that back in the day. The Gabriel one. Man, that eagle helmet is just eagle helmet. I'll hey, 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 Yale, here's my favorite NFL helmets. Eagle helmet. The, the, the Charger helmet. The Packers. I like the Bucks one. I know you guys hate it. I like that 49er helmet. I like the fact that the Steelers have the logo on one side. I dig that. The Cowboy helmet. The Cowboy helmet is more of a trademark than really a great looking helmet. You know what I mean? It's kind of like you look at the cowboy helmet. Like when you look at the cowboy helmet, I mean, do you go, wow? Or do you go, well, it's personifies the the the, the franchise. I don't know if that's a great looking helmet. The Charger helmet is dope. I'm sorry. I love the Charger helmet, man. The Texans red. Dude, I like that Texans red helmet too. I totally do, man. You know what? I would have to say that the Eagle helmet is a better look than the Cowboy helmet. Because I like the birds. I like the wings on there. I've always liked that. Personally, no disrespect, I don't think much of the Cowboy helmet. I mean, I don't, I mean, the Rams, they've changed it. I like the 49er helmet. 49ers have a dope-ass helmet. But, I mean, the cowboy helmet, I don't know. I never looked at it like that. You know, everyone's like, holy cow, you wore that helmet? And I'm like, Man, you know, I'm, I actually like the Lions helmet more. Oh, hey, that's a great one. Yeah, the, the Redskin helmet was <laughs> crazy great. But, you know, I got it. I get it. Red face and all that. I got it. You know, it was a good looking helmet though, but you, you got what it meant and all that, you know, so you, you kind of dealt, you, you're right. You're right. You're right. But it was still a good looking lid. Yeah. I like that lid, man. I like that Bengal white lid too, man. That's not bad. That's a good looking one. I like that Eagle gang green helmet though, that they wore on Sunday. I was like, damn, that thing is dope. Viking helmet looks pretty good. Yeah, I like the Rams from back in the day. All right, I want to look at week eight of the NFL, and then 
the legend himself, Philly Godfather. Yes, sir. The much anticipated segment of the week. You either love him or you hate him. He'll join us at 5.30 Eastern on this Football Friday. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Because you feel I owe you a makeup on the on the cowboy helmet, right? Right, Tony? Probably owe a makeup here. So this was given to me in Philadelphia, actually. Ugh. Need to take care of this stuff a little better. But you see this Army-Navy? This was given to me at the um, Army-Navy game. And look who signed it. You guys ever hear of Vince Papali? Do you guys know who Vince Papali is? 
Anybody? Did he put... Vince Papali signed it for me. He said, Big Sills, let me sign that for you. Hey, hey, you like that, huh, Tone? It's an official one. When they gave they gave all the guys that they invited to the game and put in the booth. I sat with the Secretary of Defense, and Papali's in there, and they hand me this, and he goes, "Here, Sills, Invincible." Oh, I didn't even see, I didn't realize that until just now. Invincible. I get accused of not having. Like eagle memorabilia and stuff. That kind of counts, doesn't it? Right? That kind of counts. Eighty-eight goes seals, you got some pretty hey, eighty-eight. I got memorabilia. Like like I showed you this the other day. So Evan Longoria, get this. You're not like I, I showed you guys this. So I was in a restaurant in Phoenix, an Italian restaurant. The Italian restaurant that I that I talked to you about. Guy had a um, a jersey up there with Evan Longoria, and I knew Evan Longoria from Tampa Bay when he was uh, with the Rays, and I was doing pre and post game for the Rays. And my wife goes like this: "Did you ever see that Longoria signed this thing?" And I went, "Holy shit! I never saw that. It's got number three on it and all that." And it was like and symbolic of him winning the gold glove when he was with the Rays. And I never realized he even signed it. I'm going like, holy shit, he did sign it. Guy's playing for the D-backs. He's in the World Series now, right? I'm like, holy shit. I used to get Evan Longoria on my show every Tuesday at like 7.30 in the morning when I was on in Tampa. I got so much crazy shit, man. I had to get this. Look at this, guys. This is just in a drawer. Here's Ozzy Gian. Um, when he was the manager of the Marlins. Okay, they gave me an official. You guys know who Ozzy Gian is, right? Look at this. So Ozzy Gian. Ozzy Gian signed this ball. <laughs> I, I like Keon. So Leroy probably didn't sign that. Gasino probably didn't sign that. Jimmy didn't sign the book. Vince didn't sign that. <laughs> right, Keon. See, don't make me seem to be like you or nobody. <laughs> All right, I'll get. Don't worry, hey, Keon. Don't worry. Got your little anthill going there, man. You'll get it up to a molehill pretty soon, man. We'll hook you up there, man. We'll we'll get you great there. Don't worry about it. Philly sports movies are the best. Invincible or Rocky? Invincible or Rocky? Um. Oh, hey. Yeah. These aren't the cups either that we got at Jerome's funeral, right? Seth has one too. Right? 
I'm busting your stones. I don't want you to cry too much. All right, let, hey, I want to reset the game on Sunday. Then we're going to get the legend himself. Philly Godfather, baby. You need Hurts' autograph. What I want Jalen Hurts' what? That's a great one. What autographs in sports would I want today? I think I'd want Bryce Harper's. I, I think I'd want Bryce Harper's. I would not want Joel Embiid's. I would not want James Harden's. Um, I'd like to have Jalen Carter's. Jason Kelsey's Lane Johnson. Jordan Mulata. I might want AJ. I might want AJ. Um, I'd want Trent Williams. Would I want Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, probably not. Yeah, I watch that movie probably four times a year. Rocky. One's the best. And Stallone came on my program when I was on in Tampa. Actually, Miami. When he was doing an event for the University of Miami. And he, he, he told me how he wrote Rocky. And I, and I told Tonus the other day, all the clothing in the movie was from the actual actors' wardrobes. They didn't have a wardrobe budget for that Rocky movie. Those were all the clothes that Stallone wore, was wearing at the time. He had no money. And supposedly, I think a movie, a movie studio, I think UA... United Artists offered him $350,000 for the script. And Stallone didn't want to sell it because they wanted like, they, I mean, they wanted like Ryan O'Neal or somebody to play in the movie or some like really, they, they wanted just somebody else other than him. They didn't think he could speak well. And he said, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. So he held out. And he wrote that and he was inspired by the Chuck Webner Ali fight. And he just, he, he wrote that around the city. And what I loved about it was he said that he wrote that around the city of Philadelphia. And there was a lot of Joe Frazier, Joe Frazier's hey, hey Yale. You realize why Frazier's in that movie is because Frazier was the one kind of giving him kind of like the insight of what growing up in Philadelphia and fighting in those clubs and going to those bars um, down near the water was all about and how some guys were just lane breakers and some and he, he, Frazier said all that Frazier's not a Philadelphia native. I think he's from the South, like Alabama or Georgia. I think he's actually, I think he's from um, a sharecropper or something like that. And yeah, he, then he moved up to Philadelphia. And he was friends with Liston. And Liston was also a guy that lived in Philly at the time. Pretty crazy story. Sales, do you want Hertz to sign his knee brace to you? Now, see, I could say something really nasty. But see, I'm a better man than ho-ho. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to rise above. Gonna sign. I'm not gonna sign his because you know what? I, plus, I don't want to put any like reverse juju on the guy. 
Good my God almighty. Can you imagine me having to cover? Hey, Tone, can you imagine me having to cover Marcus Mariota? I'd throw up on all you. You crazy? Covering Marcus Mariota versus Jalen Hurts? I would throw up. Throw up on you. And especially you, ho, ho. <laughs> uh, I like ho-ho. He reminds me of them ho-hos. Seal's been talking about his knee brace all week. Yes. So have your sports writers in your town, LJ. You just don't want to hear it. Hey, you know that story that's out there about Jalen Hurts and his knee injury? Let's pretend it didn't happen. Okay? This is the Twilight Zone. You don't cover the Eagles. You just talk shit. Well, Jesus criminy, LJ. It only took you three years to figure that out. Congratulations. You're welcome. Holy cow. A guy with an epiphany. Who would have thought? I always thought you were a dumbass. But the way you figured that out. Hey, the way you figured that out, BJ. I am really, really, really proud of you that you figured that out, BJ or LJ or whatever. Does it matter? <laughs> yeah. Don't let me get the cowboy hat again. <laughs> I, I, I think Tone will shut the show off if that thing comes up. <laughs> hey, I, I you get this. The next time you see that helmet, you'll see dark because I don't think Tone's going to allow the show to go on. Yeah. And he sees that helmet, man. He's like, Seals, we're not, you know, that's not gonna, that's not gonna work here. All right. Throw me some scores out here for the Eagles and Commanders this weekend. Got him. Oh, congratulations. What a great day for BJ. He woke up this morning. He did his, you know, and you gotta get Seals. Oh. I'm so happy for you. Wonderful, man. Way to go, BJ. 45 7. 28-20. 35-3. 14-10. Niners all day. Now I'm hoping for the Bengals to win. <laughs> Tom, look at this guy. Niners all day, 14-10 commanders like the 87 Fiesta Bowl. Okay, now I'm praying for the Bengals to beat you. Okay, you had just created an enemy, Niner, all day. Okay, Bengals all day. 28 31-23. 42-13. Okay, that's enough. I got here. I just don't see anywhere on here where there's a commanding place where the, the commanders can actually fight the Eagles on a fair basis here. Their passing offense is atrocious. Their defense is atrocious. There's not very good coaching going on here it seems i think i don't i mean 
I would say that the Washington Commanders played their Super Bowl. What week was that, guys, that that game was played? Was that week three that the Commanders – was that week three, Commanders-Eagles? That's like the best game they've played all year. It's the best game they've played. I don't see it. 30, 30 to 18. I think Tone's got 31, 20. And I, I, now Davis being out, does it concern me? Man, against these guys? No. 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 They ran the ball more than you last time. I, I don't think they're going to have the same game plan. Week four, was it? Okay, week four. Yeah, they're, they that was their best game of the year so far. I just don't see it, man. I, I do not see where they have any kind of a puncher's chance in this ball game. Their secondary's not good. Should, I think Jalen Hurts is going to throw for 300 yards in this ball game. Even on a wounded knee. Um, I, I think AJ probably goes crazy. You could possibly see two receivers over 100 yards in this game. You could see Swift having a big game here. Yeah, they, they, they got Anthony Gibson and that other kid. The other kid was actually a better player in that last game. But, um, yeah, I, I don't. Before we get Philly five or before we get Philly Godfather in here, I'm going to give you my predictions for the week and for the weekend here until we get Philly Godfather here. Um, Los Angeles Rams versus the Cowboys in Dallas. By the way, if you're the Rams and you lose this game, would you contemplate trading Aaron Donald? To a contender? For draft picks? Like Tone said, if you can't trade for Derrick Henry and that make you a Super Bowl contender, where are you going with a $30 million defensive tackle who's contemplating retiring? Do you send them back to Pittsburgh because Hayward's been injured? I mean, surely if you're Kevin Demoff and you're Les Snead, the brain thrust of the Rams, you know, you want to try to get as many picks as you can to rebuild the team to maybe entice Sean McVay to stay. Keeping a $30 million defensive tackle around, let me ask you this, a $30 million defensive, $30 million a year DT. What is he doing for you? What's he doing for you? What's a $30 million defensive tackle doing for the Rams? You're not going anywhere. You have to rebuild. And you're going to rebuild around a 30-year-old or a whatever, how old he is, but a $30 million a year guy. You're not you're not four players away from winning a Super Bowl in Los Angeles. You're like five years away. 
the next time that the Rams will be a contender for the Super Bowl, like um, Tone said, it'll be with a different quarterback. Donald's 32. So look at all these idiots in here. How about this, Yale? You got a 32-year-old defensive tackle who's contemplated retiring, makes $30 million a year, and people think that that's a trash take because they want to keep a guy on the – I mean, Tone's like, i trade him. Hey, yeah, would you trade him? Think about that. So if you're the Rams, you lose to the Cowboys. Before I get the legend Philly Godfather on, if the Rams lose this ball game, don't you trade Aaron Donald? Here's, again, $30 million, he's 32, you're going nowhere, and you need draft capital. <laughs> what's, a, what's a $30 million a year DT doing for you? Shit, he may not even be on the team next year. All right. And it is now time for the man you love to hate and you love to love. Those are my favorite kind of people. Okay? Because that means you're doing it right. The legend himself, Philly Godfather, joins us now here on the Big Stills football show how you doing brother great dan another friday beautiful friday in the city of brotherly love and uh i mean the guys hate me but last week if you remember i gave out the eagles to cover the spread i mean i was on them so can't hate me that much <laughs> look at that throwing money around here for everyone to make money that's what that's what this is about here you see the godfather's here to try to make all you still odds money but you don't get it here all right Hey, before I get going, what'd you make of that there? I mean, if you're the Rams and you lose to the Cowboys on Sunday, we'll get to all the games. You got a 32-year-old defensive tackle. You got to start building some equity to build your football team. Would you contemplate maybe sending him to Pittsburgh or anywhere to try to get some draft capital? Because the Rams, they're not two players away going to the Super Bowl. No, that's a lot of money, Dan. You got to get rid of them. Uh, I mean – I bet him at the beginning of the season to go under seven and a half season win totals. I knew they were they had some issues on that team, banged up. And when you're paying out that much money, I'm hoping they send them to the Cowboys. That would be nice, you know. But that's not going to happen. The problem is some of the AFC side. But yeah, you definitely got to you got you got to find a way to get rid of that money on the bank. All right, Eagles versus Commanders. How do you see this thing playing out? I mean, the line opened up six. It's up to seven. It's moved to full point. There's some sharp money on the Eagles laying six here. Uh, but if you guys remember last time out, I mean, they were laying double digits, and they almost lost the game outright. If Rivera doesn't, you know, if he goes for it for two, you know, when they score that touchdown at the end, instead of going, getting in the overtime and giving the Eagles the ball back, I mean, that was a brain cramp. Uh, but I think this time the Eagles, uh, I think they outperformed the market. They're looking a little stronger. They're starting to gel better. Uh, it was a clean win against Miami. It was a clean victory, even though they turned the ball over twice. And when you lose a turnover battle two to one, you usually don't win the game 66% of the time. You definitely don't cover the spread closer to 70% of the time. So it was a clean win. It was a good victory. I know they were getting all the calls and the refs. I mean, it was just a little lopsided with the with the penalties, and that helped them out. But uh, it was a big win for the Eagles. 
Yeah, Tim Donaghy was really proud of the officiating crew <laughs> that was there at Lincoln Financial. Hey, speaking of that with Miami, we'll get to their game here in a minute. Because they got blasted by Buffalo and the way they got handled by Philly, are you a little less on their game to be a Super Bowl contender until they can prove they can beat one of the elite teams? Now, I'm actually – I feel better about that team. They were missing a bunch of key bodies playing against the Eagles. Plus, Ramsey's back this Ramsey's week. Ramsey's coming back. Uh, and if you remember, I mean, Tyreek Hill dropped that touchdown pass and going into the end zone. Tua throws that pick into the end zone. That game could have played out a lot differently, and they, and all the calls went against them. I actually think after watching that game, they're better than I thought they were. I think the Eagles are a little bit more physical than that team, but when they get their their, their guys back on the offensive line, when they get Jalen Ramsey back, and if they don't you know, drop the ball or throw some picks in the end zone, it's going to be a different story come playoff time. What do you make of the story with Hurts' knee? I mean – I mean, get this. He wears a knee brace – uh, Sirianni and Hertz address it all week. They don't put him on any injury list, but they list it. And then if you look at the newspaper today, the Inquirer, Hertz expected to play Monday. Yeah. Did anyone really ask the question if he was going to play or not? <laughs> yeah, he's a tough guy. I, I would be very careful because – you know, it might not be that bad of an injury, but as you know, when you overcompensate a little bit, then something else gets banged up on the football field. So they got to be real careful with Hurts and running those fourth down plays. And he's, you know, he's underneath all that body weight. They got to be careful with him, man. They got to be real careful. You think he's getting hurt on that push tush, and that's why his knee hurts? It could be. I mean, it could be a number of things, but that, you know, that's. I never that's, thought about it till now that. Think about I how much weight. Think about how that's much where he's getting hurt. <laughs> I know he can squat 600, but he's got like a thousand pounds on him every time he goes for it on fourth and fourth and inches, fourth and one. That's it's a lot of weight on your body, a lot of wear and tear. Rams, Cowboys, your boys in Arlington. How do you see this one? It's a lot of points. Opened up five and a half. It's up to six and a half. I would leave, I would need at least seven points to take the Rams here, but I like the Cowboys. I laid six on the Cowboys coming off of that bye week. I think they're a lot healthier than they were. And I think it's time for them to flex a little bit as the Eagles' uh, schedule gets a lot tougher, you know, after the commanders. So I think the Cowboys win the game. I think they cover the spread convincingly here. You know, the Cowboys are in line to potentially get Derrick Henry. I mean, it'd be a big pickup, especially in the fourth quarter, holding on to leads. You know, when you're running downhill with that with that monster back there, he, he's – oh, man, he's, he's tough to bring down. And it'll, it'll slow the pace down a little bit for that team. Uh, a lot of three and outs, so again this year, which was supposed to change. But uh, that would be a major pickup. One of these uh, turd games here. But I wonder how you bet these and how you look at these. Min especially what Minnesota did on Monday night. Minnesota at Green Bay, you know, used to be an old NFC Central Division type ball game. It's a North game now. But Kirk Cousins had the game of his life on that Monday night game against the Niners. I mean, talk about people losing a ton of money on that thing. He was spectacular in that. Um, how do you look at Minnesota? I mean, I originally opened up with the Packers being one point favorite. Now it's flip flop. Minnesota's minus one and a half. Huh? If you're if you're looking to invest in Minnesota this week, you're buying high, right? I mean, the whole world witnessed them beat the 49ers. The betting public's going to be all over that team. I would pump my brakes a little bit. I, I'm not sure about betting them this week. Uh, the Packers are getting healthier again. Uh, they've been a little banged up over the last couple of weeks. They were looking really good going to that Lions game Thursday night, and then. 
they lost a bunch of guys. A bunch of guys were banged up, and the Lions ran right through them. And ever since then, they haven't been the same. Uh, but they are getting healthier. And like I said, this is a market like any other market. So you never want to buy high on a team. You never want to buy on a team that just, you know, like the Vikings just beat the 49ers. The whole world witnessed it. And now everyone wants to bet them this week. So you got to be careful. I didn't bet the game yet. Uh, if I do, I'll give it out on Twitter for you guys. I mean, this 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 is a game here, man. I mean, this is a U-Haul game. Atlanta, Tennessee. How do you look at shit like this, I mean, and put a number on it? Because you're not – your Tennessee is already starting to put the white flag up. You got Atlanta figuring out if Desmond Ritter's the guy. These these games here are they are they attractive games because they have all these sidebars, or are they games that you kind of want to stay away from? It depends. You're always looking for an edge. If I can get an edge flipping a quarter, I you know I'll flip that quarter every day of the week and twice on Sunday. But uh, you got a good defense with Atlanta going up against two weak backup quarterbacks. Uh, who is it? Will Levis, Malik Willis for the Titans. So, it, it, you know, I'm leaning towards the Falcons here. If you get them at, at anything under a field goal, I think it's the right side. You got basically two teams heading in two different directions. Uh, Tennessee's lost three over the last four. Atlanta's won two of the last three. Uh, it's tough, you know, investing any money on a team with two bad backup quarterbacks when you got a Falcons team that still ranks in the top five in a lot of defensive metrics. And Desmond Ritter, uh, you know, he's not Roger Stallback, but at least he's better than what the Titans have, you know. You agree that New Orleans, they're playing Indianapolis and Indy, maybe one of the more disappointing teams of the year so far? Yeah, I mean, their season win total was set at nine and a half, and they've been underperforming all season. Uh they had a chance in that Jags game Thursday night. I mean, the guy drops the ball in the end zone at the end of the game. That was one of the crazier games. Uh, not to mention last night's fin finish with uh, Buffalo and Tampa Bay and all those flags at the end that, you know, Tampa Bay covered the spread with all those flags. They had like three fifth down. Fifth and down, almost right? converted that Hail Mary. Oh, my God. Imagine that. Everybody was teasing the Bills down to, you know, pick them down to minus one, two, three, depending on what number you got during, you know, early in the week. But, yeah. Um, Saints have been underperforming this week. I think you know, I think it's the right side. Uh, if you can lay one in the Saints here, I think I think they come out on top. I think they bounce back this week. This is a tricky one here. Um, New England versus Miami, and New England for whatever reason, even during the Brady years, Godfather. Every time they went to South Florida, they always had issues with the Dolphins. I mean, crazy, crazy as that sounds. Plus, New England's coming off of a big win this past weekend. Tell me how you look at this. And Miami, obviously, more talented football team. Ramsey could play this weekend. Tyree Kill is playing. How do you see this thing here? I mean, Miami's made a lot of people a lot of money this year. They're 5-2 against the spread. Uh, Patriots, <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of points. You're, you're giving them 10 points. 10 points. Miami's a tough place to play, but that's a lot of points in the NFL. You saw it last night. You know, the Bills were laying anywhere from 9 to 10 on that closing number. And uh, the back door is always wide open. Uh, New England is still one of the better defensive teams in the NFL. I think they can stay with the number. I like New England plus 10. So if I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's Tyrod Taylor, Zach Wilson, <laughs> and the game in the Meadowlands there where Jimmy Hoff is buried. Um, okay, so you got the Jets and the Giants in an iconic – Quarter, you're supposed to get Daniel Jones and Aaron Rodgers. Instead, you get Zach Wilson, and I think it's Tyrod or someone else or something. I mean, 
Holy shit, you talk about two teams. I mean, yeah. you know, the Jets could win this, though, and they could have a decent wreck. You know, they're kind of still hanging in there. Yeah. I, think, I mean, you're talking about Aaron Rodgers coming back maybe by playoff time, which would be crazy. Uh, this is a tough – I like Tyrod Taylor because he doesn't turn the ball over. I do, too. He doesn't turn the ball over. You know, he'll take the sack. He'll throw the ball away. He'll do what he has to do. He doesn't kill you. You know, Danny Jones kills you sometimes with some of the brain – he gets on the football field. You're catching three points in a game. I think is a coin flip. The total is down to 35, so they're not expecting many points. This might be like a you know 16, 14 type of game or like a 10, 9 type of game. I kind of like the Giants here at home. Well, Giants plus three. Put it that way. I like the Giants here. Your boy Doug Peterson at Mike Tomlin. This is a hell of a game, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the games of the weekend, Jags and Steelers in Pittsburgh on the shittiest stadium floor. In the entire league, I mean, how do you see this thing here? And and by the way, they're trending up. The Jags, they're five and two, look pretty good football team right now. And I really don't know still who the Steelers are. No, they've been one of the luckiest teams in the NFL this season. They got a negative twenty-four point differential, even though they're four and two. I guess that's good coaching, right? When yeah, you know, when you don't have the talent and your, your metrics aren't, aren't looking good on paper, but you're still winning. That's got to be all coached. Mike Tom, Tom has done a great job up to this point in the season. But I think their luck runs out of here. I think the Jags are just better, you know, top to bottom on that roster. Uh, as long as the Jags don't turn the ball over and lose the turnover battle, they should win this game. It's only two and a half on the road. It's always tough playing in Pittsburgh. I mean, that's never easy. Pittsburgh's a real physical team. But if I mean, if the Jags just run the ball, Pittsburgh's one of the worst teams in the NFL stopping the run. I think they're giving up like 4.7 yards per carry. So if they run the ball – you know, I, I think they can beat this team. Like I said, as long as they don't lose a turnover. But I like the Jags here minus two and a half. How much sleep do you get a week with all the shit that you have to, like, look at? And do you have a team of guys helping you put all these stats together and you guys talk about how you're looking at the lines and what what is the bet that you're going to – because I would think finding the right games with all the intel, it has to come down to really – it's almost like, and again, this is going to sound crazy, but it's almost like trying to get insider trading tips on something. You want to get some type of advantage on something, any information you could possibly get. Um, it must be a lot of work that you guys do putting into this. Yeah, well, you know what's funny? The NFL is kind of like boxing. They say styles make fights in boxing, and matchups make the games in the NFL. And, you know, like I said, look, last week the Patriots beat the Bills. This week they play another team that might get blown out. But, you know, you're, you're looking for an edge with matchups. You're looking for, uh, you know, anomalies, you know, teams that maybe should have won some games. If you look at the box scores, uh, but they lost because of turnovers, things that aren't going to happen again the following week. Uh, guys coming back, injuries obviously are huge. So you're inputting or exporting guys coming back to the field. And you always look at the metrics, the analytics, but everybody has that. Everyone has all the numbers. So, like I said, styles make fights. And uh, matchups make these NFL games. And, uh, you know, there's a, we put in probably NFL season, 14 hours a day, looking at everything, reading every article to see if maybe the flu's going around in a certain locker room or, you know, this guy's more banged up than he appears to be or, you know, who's playing, who's not playing. You just, you, you're just trying to find an edge, whatever it is, the smallest edge, especially in games that are like, you know, a pick them or one or two or lane three. Those games are coin flips and the smallest edge could make you some money in those matchups. You know, a team that's been surprising and well-coached, and you see a lot of youth on it, is Houston. Carolina's getting ready to sell the farm 
So do you lean towards Houston in this ball game because of what – I mean, get this, Carolina's got Brian Burns on the market, <laughs> and he could potentially be moved by Tuesday. And the reason they're doing that is because they moved up to get Bryce Young at one, and for them to do that, they gave up draft assets to do that. So they're going to try to acquire as many as they possibly can. For the second year in a row, they're going to be looking for two ones for Brian Burns. Do you lean Houston here? It's hard to invest in this Panthers team. I mean, they lost five of their six games by eight points or less, or more. So I, I know they played the Saints pretty tough. I think they lost that game 20 to 17. But other than that, I mean, Bryce Young's having a real bad season compared to the other rookie quarterbacks. I mean, he's thrown for like 960 yards, which he got six touchdowns, four interceptions on the year. I think he's been sacked 16 times. So the offensive line hasn't helped him out at all either. Uh, 0-6 straight up, 0-5-1 against the spread. You haven't made one penny betting on this team this season. But something's funny about this line. It's only three. Huh. I, mean, I, think, I think the whole world's going to be taking the Texans, and that kind of scares me a little bit. Uh, I'm going to wait closer to game time before I bet this game. But at minus three, I think it's a short line. This line should have been four, at least four, four and a half uh, against a team that hasn't won a game all season and hasn't really competed in these in these games. So, uh, if anything, I might be leaning a little uh, – I don't know. I'm going to wait to, to game time to bet it. But, uh, man, it just seems too easy. Anytime something seems too easy, Vegas don't give out gifts. They're not no, giving no. out free money, you know? So, no, hey, hey, those castles on the strip aren't built because they lose. No, no. Every time someone goes like this, wow, man, I want to I go, yeah, well, let me tell you this, Hoss. They, they get you three weeks from now. That's how they get you. You think you won? Those sprinkle a little. I lived in Vegas. And you know where I won all my money? You're going you're gonna to be shocked where my wife and I won our money. Most of the majority of the time when we won, we won at the Piggly Wigglies. <laughs> we never won. We won a few times in the casinos, but in the Piggly Wigglies and the 7-Elevens, you can't get a chair in those places because we were told this, get this, that the slot machines are set at a certain percentage. And in the in the uh, 7-Elevens, they're set at like 68% where you lose your money. But in the casinos, it's set at like 65. Right. So you got a better chance of winning in the Piggly Wigglies <laughs> and in the Rouse and in them joints when you go in there and win. And it's true. Yeah. I, I've won more money. My wife did this one day. She went to, she went to like a Piggly Wiggly or some shit to get dinner. She came back. She had... She had like um, uh, peanut butter and jelly. And I said, where's dinner? She goes, this is it. I go, what? <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, you, hey, sometimes in Vegas, you get the shells. Sometimes you get the egg. <laughs> yeah, true. Let's see. You got to be careful. Yeah. Cleveland at Seattle. This looks like a good one. It's tough playing in Seattle. I mean, that noise level is so high. So any inefficiencies you have on your offensive line, you can't mask them on the road, especially in a place like that. Uh, the line has been moving towards Seattle. Opened up two. It's up to three and a half. You got you got some banged up bodies in Cleveland. It's a bad spot for the Browns here. Uh, I, I don't like the number. It's actually it's, out, it's moving up to four in some spots. If I could have laid two and a half on Seattle, I would have taken that. But where the current number's at, it's a no play for me because Cleveland still has, you know, probably the best defense in the NFL. By the way, I think that's that's a game that Philly loses. Seattle. It's a tough game. Tough. What, what, I mean, if they win this week, 
and a banged up San Francisco team loses the Bengals, well, here come the Seahawks. You could have gotten plus 300 to win the NFC West. And a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about how the 49ers might be one of the best teams we've ever seen. And all of a sudden, they look mediocre. They might be five and three by the end of this week. I mean, it's they're right on their tails. Seahawks are right on their tails. Kansas City at Denver, Mr. Pfizer versus Mr. Sierra. <laughs> you got Mr. Pfizer in the game, who's having a really good year, by the way. And then Mr. Sierra, I don't know how they're going to handle Mr. Sierra um, in Denver, especially with Sean Payton. We got to turn this thing around. Is this a blowout? It's in Denver, tough place to play. Yeah, they got they got a great home field advantage up there. Well, last time they played. Kansas City was laying, what, 10 and a half, 11 at home. And now the line, to me, is kind of high. It opened up. It was at eight and a half. I took some plus eight on Denver. Uh, Kansas City's been outperforming the market. They're scary to bet against. But uh, I think Denver I think Denver covers the spread. I can't see them winning the game, but I think they stay within the number. Seven and a half. If you can find a seven and a half in the market, they're out there. I think Denver's going to hang around here, man. Who would have thought you gave Sean Payton $20 million just to cover the spread? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm happy with it. <laughs> hey, hey, holy cow. Hey, I didn't win the game, but we covered all year. <laughs> Shit, man. You, keep, you probably keep your job in the NFL today. Baltimore at Arizona. Um, boy, this Ravens team is good. Yeah. Okay. I mean – He's playing MVP football. Yeah, we talked about that before the season started. I mean, we, we were giving out those overs and unders, and I was going overs on all his numbers. Uh, now they're starting to get healthy. Now you're starting to see how good this Ravens team can really be. Uh, they're dangerous. Line opened up seven and a half. It's up to nine and a half. Game will probably close 10 on the road, which is a lot of points, especially on that Arizona field that always seems kind of slippery when you play on it. Uh one, the problem with taking Arizona here is one mistake, one turnover, and, and you're not covering the spread. That, no. that, that's the issue with this team. If you could tease Baltimore down to like two and a half in a seven-point teaser, tie them in with some of the better teams, maybe like you know the Eagles or Kansas City, uh, I think that's the move here. Uh, but at 10, it's a no-play for me. But if you could put them in a teaser, I, I would put Baltimore in a teaser, tie them in a teaser like do you think San Francisco loses three in a row and they got Darnold? What, what is it? They, they got Darnold Duck. <laughs> Sam Darnold is your quarterback, quarterback in this game. I mean, look, I I think he look, he won he won last year with three quarterbacks. So I think anybody who's going to sleep on the fact that they can't prepare him to win a football game, Cincinnati. They can't run the ball. They just don't look the same like last year. And I got to think it's Burroughs being, you know, careful on his on his on his calf or Achilles, whatever it is. Um, I mean, San Francisco pulls this out, right? It's at home. I mean, they're laying four points. Uh, it's tough because you got no Purdy, you got no Debo, and Trent Williams might not play. So if oh. Williams doesn't play, Donald might start seeing ghosts again. I mean. You know, uh, try and protect him. The kid's a little gun shy, a little, <laughs> you know. Uh, I think they win the game. I don't know if they cover the spread. That's you know, they're banged up, and the Bengals are hungry. They're trying to you know stay paced with the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Browns. This is a big game for uh, for Cincinnati here. 
Um, yeah, they got to stay in the race in the AFC. Yeah, this is huge for them. While San Francisco still has a little bit of a cushion, and they're really banged up. I mean, this is a very banged up wounded San Francisco 49ers team. If I had to bet it, I'd probably take the Bengals plus four. Um, this Charger team, I can't figure it out. I mean, it's got to be that shitty coach. He's hard. And it's the Bears. And, I mean, the Bears are going nowhere. But, I mean, this Charger team is very – I mean, look at all the talent they have on both sides of the ball. And the quarterback is having a good year. But they just don't win. And you got a coach. Get Did you hear what they did at halftime? Last week's game, the coaches go like this. I think they played Kansas City. And last week, the coaches go like this. Man, you can't you can't play zone coverage against Mahomes. You just can't. And there was a debate. And Brandon Staley goes, we're going to play zone. And all of a sudden, they got lit up for three TDs in the first, in the first half. They went back in, came out. They started playing man. They kind of got back in the ball game a little bit against them. This guy here, man, I mean, the Spanoses don't like the fire guys. But this dude is just completely in over his skis here with this team. And I think Jim Harbaugh is the next head football coach of the Chargers. He could be. I mean, he, I think Staley's acid. We call guys like that acid or mush. Or, uh, he's just – I don't think he's fit to be an NFL coach. Some of the decisions he's made at some crucial moments, some of the game plans he's come up with. He's got more talent than arguably 95% of the team. Absolutely. I mean, what are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, this week they're playing – you know, a crappy Bears team are laying – what's the line? Eight and a half, nine. It's a lot of points, but they are at home. I think the Chargers bounce back. I think they cover this. But I think they went by double digits here. The Bears are just so bad. I don't think the Bears can score with them. And, uh, you know, you make a mistake against the Chiefs or one of the better teams in the NFL, they're going to burn you. You make a mistake against the Bears, they'll come back with two more mistakes for you. So I like the Chargers here. You know, I got I to gotta figure out who this Detroit team is on Monday. Raiders, not a bad defense. They roll into Motown. Um, are you still on the Lions bandwagon? Yeah. I mean, it happens to everybody. Cowboys got blown out by the 49ers. Uh, Miami got blown out by the Bills. Eagles lose to the Jets. Eagles lost. It. I mean, it happens. You know what I mean? So this is one of the better teams. They play in one of the weaker divisions in the NFC. Uh, they're still the team to beat there. Uh it's a lot of points, though. Let's be honest. Eight points. I don't know. If, I don't know if they should be laying eight points at home against the Vegas team that's been gritty this season. Uh, man, I wouldn't lay it. I'd, I'd probably, you know, I would probably put Baltimore and Detroit in a teaser. Let me get a couple college games from you. Um, FSU dropped one to Virginia last week. They take on Wake Forest, who's had a pretty good record and a pretty good run the last couple of years. How do you look at FSU and Wake? It's a lot of points. You're talking about 21 points. Yep. That's a that's a big number. I would that's take the number. Wake in the 21. Yeah. I'm At all? Yeah. I, I like the 21 points with Wake Forest. There. It's just a big number. It's just too much. Uh, I like Wake Forest. How about Oregon-Utah? That's a pretty off-the-conversation um, off game, but that's a huge game that could have playoff implications here for teams to make it out of the Pac-12. Um, Oregon-Utah. This is a good football game. I like Kyle I, I like all the things that they do up there, man. I mean, Oregon has a good-looking football team. They had, they dropped a tough one to Washington, but how do you see this thing? I think Oregon's got the best defense Utah's faced all season. Oh, yeah. Their offense is better. They're a better overall team. Uh, and like you said, I mean, Oregon, that, that was a big loss against Washington in the game they should have won. Uh, 
Lines up to six, I think, six and a half. I kind of like Oregon here. I mean, the whole world's going to be betting Utah, I think. Uh, as of right now, 70% of the tickets, the bet spreads are on Utah. Or, but, you know, majority of the money comes in on game day. But I like Oregon here minus six. I think they cover the spread. FSU, you're right. It's still undefeated there. Colorado at UCLA and the old chipster. <laughs> the old Chip <laughs> Kelly. And UCLA. I'll tell you one thing about that Dion story. Ever since they lost to Stanford, that thing's lost some steam on it. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you know, I don't see the same buzz around that team right now since they dropped that. I mean, dude, when you got killed by Oregon, there was still a lot of steam because you had the Southern Cal game the next, and they played very well against Southern Cal. Yeah. Then you turn around and they got, they lost a 21 point lead. I think it was 21, 28 point lead against Stanford and got beat. And Colorado goes to the Rose Bowl. I mean, how do you like this game? 14 points. I mean, it's a lot of points. UCLA's laying 14, I think it's 14 and a half. It's up to 15 in some spots. Oh, man. The world's going to bet Colorado. They bet them each and every week. It's not a game I'm looking to bet. If it gets below 14, maybe 13 and a half, I might look to nibble on UCLA a little bit. But I'm not, I'm not looking to bet this game. It's a tough game to bet. These guys call you the Cowboy Godfather, man. I came at the Eagles last week. What are they talking about? <laughs> I know, man. You can't you can't satisfy these guys, man. Some of these guys are just as a good old fashioned Italian would say back day back in the day, known as my grandfather, just stunads. It's you know, you can't do anything this stupid, it's stunads. It's just nothing right. else. I had him last year at 30 to 1 to win the Super Bowl before the season started. It's, it, this is all about my allegiance is to my bankroll. It's not to these teams. They don't pay my rent. They don't pay the college tuition. They don't pay the insurances. I got to make money or else I don't eat, man. I'm not, you know, I love the Eagles. I was born and raised in Philly, you know, and if I ain't got money on on a game and the Eagles are playing, I'm rooting for them. But if I'm on the Cowboys this year to win the NFC East and to win the Super Bowl, I'm, I'm cheering them in. I'm cheering them in. And everything's going as planned. Nothing's changed. Everything's on, on course, so I'm happy. So – so you're 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 kind of like Sonny and like uh, Bronx Tale, where you look at you look at the kid and you go, you're, you're upset, Mickey Mantle. <laughs> Mickey Mantle gives a shit about your father or anything. Ask Mickey Mantle if uh, your father can't pay the rent. You tell me what he thinks about Mickey Mantle. What is this kid? What are you, hey? You're looking. At, I never liked Mickey Mantle ever again. <laughs> That's all it is. It's a business, man. It's the business we've chosen. And this is what we do. And we're trying to make some money for everybody. And if you go throughout the shows at the beginning of the season, we've made some people some money. So we've won a little bit more than we lost. And that's what it's all about. Mark it down. Eagles lose in Seattle. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. They had a big pickup this week. so uh, They did. They did. And they, could, they could land Henry, too, by next Tuesday. Uh, how can it, folks – how can – hey, do you do any of that kind of like a prop bet where you think Henry can land? Uh, I mean, the only way I'm betting that is if I got some people, uh, whispering in my ear, you know, so if I get some information, I'll bet it, but you know, I'm not, you know, that's, it, you can't handicap that. It's all about information. Well, there's a guy in Dallas that I know that <laughs> that the Cowboys, you know, are kind of wanting to be a little bit more yeah. physical and the guy's been on the program numerous times and it just happens to be, you know, part owner of the team and, you know, I don't know. They're telling, hey, that they're in line here. It's Ravens. It's Ravens. 
Dolphins, um, Cowboys, the Eagles' names have been brought up. You could see potentially Cleveland That's because big. of lots of Chubb. That's big because of Cleveland. Wow. With that defense? Wow. Yep. Yeah, Tell the folks how they can find you, my friend. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Philly Godfather. You can stop by the phillygodfather.com. And we got that show on Sirius XM Channel 159. It's on Jacob Sports, Sports Grid, the sports betting show every Thursday night. So uh, definitely check it out. Thank you, my friend. I'll see you next Friday. You Happy got that. betting. <laughs> my boy right there, Philly Godfather, the legend himself. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair. You own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Over to your house, 
your old lady makes a really nice meal and you look at it and you go, you know, I don't eat bread. And you're like this, you look at the guy and you, you, you go, you, you look at him and you're like, wait, hang on here. You don't like bread. Yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of a vegetarian. You're a vegetarian. So you're not going to have any meatballs and spaghetti. No, I'm a vegetarian and I don't, you know, I don't eat that. And by the way, can you do me a favor? I'm lactose intolerant. Can you get lactose free milk? Because you know me, the only milk that I drink, the only milk that Maniac drinks is lactose free and Similac. Other than that, that's the only two, that's the only two milks he drinks. And so you're sitting at the dinner table and you're like this, us, you, what do you want me to do? Get you a menu? So when you come over, I mean, very insulting. I, he goes, cause it, it, damn cells, Philly Godfather. We've had everybody on this program. Everybody. Ice Cube, name them. Rock. I mean, and the Philly Godfather bugs maniac. Man, you're the kind of guy that won't even give a guy a dang reach around. <laughs> ah, you're just not a very good guy, man. Come on, maniac. Damn. I'm a whole milk guy. No, you're not. You drink Similac. You know it. <laughs> Ah. Oh, man. Uh, reach this. Very funny, man. Hey, hey, Maniac, you're awesome, man. I appreciate it. Maniac, I love you today. I hate BJ. And who's the other guy? Keon Iwani or Keon and something. I don't know. So I, 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 I really, I can't, I can't get all these guys' names right. You know me, I'm not good with names. <laughs> Ask. Uh, hey, well, hey, Scott. Well, maybe you could help the Sixers out. They needed it last night. They needed that help last night against the Bucks. Jesus Christ. Did you see Damian Lillard last night? What was it, 39 points? That's the way you open up your career, Milwaukee. Yeah. I love you too, man. You're awesome, man. Hey, Chip, thank you so much. You guys are great, man. Absolutely fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. Look at BJ, man. How many? Hey, hey Tone, let's count. I, I actually kept score on BJ here. He was praying that I would recognize him on a particular topic 18 times. You've already had your moment in the sun. Have a good weekend and think of me. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't have said that one. All right. Have a great football Saturday, a great football Sunday. Eagles in Washington. I got, I got 31. I got 3018. I think that's what I put. Yep. 3018. Tone's got 3120. Is that right, Tone? 3120? I think he's got 3120. 
from them. Okay, 30 to 21, okay? And a football Monday, we'll announce our winners for our Hooters giveaway. God bless all of you guys. You guys are fantastic. Xander, thank you as always, man. You're you're a godsend. Big Joe, thank you. Tone, the segment, man, you've blown it up, dog. Keep it going, man. By the way, that shirt you got on right now, is that Kobe? It's Kobe. I like it. Absolutely spectacular. Two to six on Monday, and we shall see you on the flip side. Hooters, the perfect pair. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.